Blog Talk Radio. There is nothing more intoxicating than the meld of emotions and sensations that is Friday night. Friday night is the sound of that crowd, the pride of that community, the way that that grass smells. I've never felt in my adult life the way that I felt on Friday nights. That's what those kids are playing for. They're playing for that emotion. They're playing for that brotherhood and all of that sensory input that comes from Friday night. That's why they're playing high school football in this country. It is this common thread that weaves through the American fabric. Whether you live in Compton, California, or you live in Appalachia, if you played the game at the high school level, you have this common bond of representing that community. Anyone who disparages where the game is based on myriad reasons, I'm not buying it. I'm around the game every day on these campuses. I see the impact it has on these young men. I see the way that these coaches are able to grow high school boys into NFL or professional men, and it's just beautiful. Everybody, it's time for an all-new Southern Sports Central coming to you live in Somerville, South Carolina, at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. Here, of course, uh, a lot of news breaking out since our last conversation on Tuesday night. Uh, the ACC has released a schedule. The SEC has some information, and we've got all of that and a lot more as we're going to get into uh, three solid hours of sports radio here tonight. And we want, of course, uh, welcome you on board if you're listening. Tonight, for the first time, uh, welcome in. We, of course, do this every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night for three hours. And it feels like it's only about an hour because it goes so fast. And the guests that we bring in, I feel like, are some of the best around the country. We focus on the high school. We give love to the college. And, yeah, we give a little bit of love to the guys and the pros. But it's a lot of the high schools, and it's a lot of the guys here in the college ranks because, uh, again, that, to me, is the pipeline. So what sports is all about And tonight? Well, it's always Thursday night, 6.30, with Jay Williams. He is the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. We talk about the pipeline. Well, he has the youth. He has the future. He has everything at his disposal between the lower state and the upper state and everything in between. Of course, that's the Midlands here in South Carolina. We'll talk to Jay, the commissioner, around 6.30 tonight. That's going to be a good, solid conversation. And then at 6, excuse me, at 7 o'clock, we're going to make the road trip to Stratford High School. We have yet to be in here and have that opportunity, but tonight is that night. We will actually finally catch up with the one and only Coach Denny McDaniel. He'll talk to us about the Knights and what do they look forward to this year. They've got a big man as a wide receiver. They've got a big-time quarterback who, oh, by the way, is committed, I believe, to play baseball for the Clemson Tigers. That being said, he's got another season of football, so we'll talk to him about that and a lot more as we'll catch up with him and then at seven o'clock this is a cool one because we travel all the way to connecticut 
with a touch, of course, Rock Hill. How was that? Well, we get in here with the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach over there at Norwich Free Academy in Connecticut with the one and only Coach Burris. He'll check in here with us. Stephen Burris will join us at 7 o'clock, and he'll talk to us about what's going on up in Connecticut with high school football, with Friday night. Of course, he attended Coastal Carolina, graduated back in 07, went to high school over in Rock Hill. I think he went to Northwestern. We'll talk to him about that. And, uh, of course, uh, his passion for the game of football. He's got a great resume. He coached at Socrates. He coached at Conway. And he's done, I believe, some time at York. But everything and the good Lord above has brought him now to our show, coming to us from Connecticut. Then at 8 o'clock, we go to the – well, check that. We go to the Midlands. We'll we'll go over to the Richland Northeast High School with the one and only coach – Richard Williams, he'll join us at 8 o'clock. We'll talk about the boys up there in the Midlands as they as well get ready for Monday. Monday is the big day for everybody else who's not practicing to finally, and I mean finally, get on the football field. So, of course, uh, you can hear all of these interviews throughout tonight. You can go back and listen to it because after we go off the air, the guys over at Blog Talk Radio will – Put all this together, and you can listen to it over and over again. You can take the piece out that you like and share it wherever. You can find us on Facebook throughout tonight's show at Southern Sports Central. You can find us over on Instagram at Southern Sports Central. And, of course, Eugene will be doing his thing over on Twitter through tonight's show as he will hand out all the quotes from all of our guests, as he always does over on Twitter. You can find him and us over at Southern Sports Central at SO. Sports Central. So without doubt, let's head over to Studio B over in North Charleston and welcome in the coach. Coach Benton, what's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, it's a crazy day. You know, we got that road trip tomorrow. So I've been trying to knock out some stuff in my other job and it's been one of those days where printers stop getting printers start getting jammed and ink runs out and this store doesn't have it and that store doesn't have it. But you know, started out the day with a good day, man. Started out with some fun lessons today. Did some drills where uh put out some things on the field, blew a whistle, gave him 35 seconds onto the field from the 50-yard line um, and, and make some kicks. And I really think that uh that, that opened some guys' eyes. And it's, it's a whole different story than when you're sitting out there, you know, in June or July and you got your little holder and everything's so perfect and you can take your time. So it really, it really was a fun day. And like I said, uh, it was a – opening experience was a heck of a way to start the morning but I'm trying to get all this work done man and uh we're just trying to get the show ready and everything we got to do to get this thing rocking and um you know we'll, we'll be on the road early in the morning so looking forward to that as well yeah it's going to be a good time tomorrow if uh you've been under a rock or maybe you just haven't listened to us we're going to be up in charlotte tomorrow bringing to you live the guys from the carolina exposure these guys have done an incredible job getting a well-organized group of uh, current athletes. I don't like to call people former athletes. It just doesn't sound right. But these guys that have played the game, they've played in the league, they've done great things. Now they're giving back to the community, and they're going to do it in Charlotte, North Carolina tomorrow. So you'll see dudes all the way from South Carolina, of course, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, Tennessee, somebody from Texas checked in with us just right here on Southern Sports Central about a week ago, said, Coach, we'll be over there looking forward to running into you. So if you're listening, you're a player, Come over and find us. Eugene and I are trying to figure out what's going to be the best way for us to get involved with everybody. And so what we may do is we may kind of roll one to the left, one to the right, kind of like I'm calling out a play here. But, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of dudes in a lot of places. But we want to try to 
get everybody in the middle of this thing. And this is going to be a first time for us covering uh, what is going to be a showcase slash combine as uh, we will not only be here tomorrow on the air. Stay tuned for the airtime over at Southern Sports Central on Facebook and at SO Sports Central on Twitter. But we're also going to be taking the road trip to Atlanta. Atlanta is going to be home to us on the 8th and the 9th with the guys from Infinity. And, man, while I watch these guys over here at the Carolina Exposure put together a five-star group of dudes, man, these guys over at Infinity are like, yep, let's do the same. And I love the fact that Infinity has embraced, endorsed, and is retweeting and sharing the guys at Carolina Exposure. Eugene, that's what you and I talk about a lot of times is when we see dudes doing what we do, to not go at him and not be that guy to put him down to me. It, it shows a lot of character, a lot of class, and those those are the reasons why we are, at this point, partnered with these two guys. Yeah, you know, and they got some high call, uh, caliber and quality coaches as well. You know, uh, for the folks that got to experience that, um, the last Infinity in Columbia, uh, you know, T.J. Brunson was a big part of that. And look where he is now. He just signed his big-time contract with the Giants, you know, the guy was uh, handing out pizzas after the camp to, you know, to the needy and the homeless folks in Finley Park. And um, as of a couple of days ago, he, he's a millionaire. It's just, you know, you never know. And like I said, you know, <laughs> we've seen some of the coaches. We've had quite a few on the show. I know for the quarterbacks and the DBs and the wide receivers uh, and tight ends, we've had those coaches on here. Uh, I tell you what, though, you know, we put the word out. So did those guys for for, for this uh, the Carolina Exposure Camp and. Sure enough, for the past few days, people have been saying, you know, hey, how can I get in? And, hey, can I walk up? You know, that's the thing. You know, you got you got to identify these camps. You know, we put it out there. They got to follow us and get on them early because these things fill up. And, um, you know, same thing for Atlanta. You know, I've been ta- trying to tell kids, it's like, look, man, there are no college camps, you know, this summer. This is your chance to, to perform and get some looks, you know, to get some exposure uh, I know this one on Friday, they're going to have, you know, live stream for college coaches. So for the college coaches sitting around, shut down due to COVID or whatnot, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're going to be tuning in. Yeah, I got something to do. Um, so it, it's a heck of an opportunity to be a part of it. And I've talked to some coaches and some players throughout travels and, uh, you know, we invite them to keep on and give us a shout and uh, come over and introduce, you know, the player, coach, whatnot, talk about the program or, or the player can talk about himself. Uh, as teammates and things like that. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um, like I said, I, I just I just saw that text that uh, it's going to be an early morning, but I'll let you respond to that one. Um, and then, like, <laughs> you know, w- when we roll over to Atlanta, man, that's going to be a fun trip. You know, hopefully we'll uh, take a couple uh, of young guys with us and uh, have a good have a good go of it in Atlanta. Should be a fun time. I know you and I talked about possibly uh, making a trip over to see Coach Elliott or, or something like that as well while we're there. Oh, yeah, we're definitely looking to see Coach Elliott over there at uh, Georgia State, right in the heart of Atlanta, playing in the old Braves Stadium. That's going to be a fun deal because they're going to be in full-fledged over there. Talk to Bryson Allen-Williams, one of the coaches over there. Of course, he played his days with the Gamecocks as a linebacker, but he played his high school days in the same town in Atlanta where he was over there at, of course, uh, a school that we're also going to be visiting, and we're excited about that one, too, with the high school that we're connected to, uh, you know, as well. So, There's going to be a lot of things to do. We're not going to have as much time as we'd like, but we're going to make the most out of the opportunities that are given to us as uh, we'll be, again, in Atlanta on the 8th and 9th. And Cedar Grove High School, by the way, is the high school that we're going to be making a stop by to check out the dudes over there. So uh, Georgia, by the way, in full-fledged, I think they're tackling in the state of Georgia over there 
And uh, a lot of guys uh, excited about what's going on. And there is a, a good buzz in the air. As you see, South Carolina not playing the Clemson Tigers this year. That's another topic. Uh, Eugene, I, I know you kind of responded on one of our tweets about the strength and schedule, but I'm going to be honest with you. Minus the Tigers not on the schedule, the Gamecocks already had the toughest schedule in the country. So even if they take off some of those smaller schools and add the SEC to it, man, I don't see how they lose any ground. I get Clemson's not on there, but, man, I mean, it doesn't get any easier by adding the SEC to the roster. Well, the, the SEC schools, and that's kind of what I meant by that, was the SEC schools playing a 10-game SEC schedule, that's got to be the toughest schedule of all time. I mean, once you do the calculus of everything, because, you know, everybody usually knocks Alabama, South Carolina, and every other SEC school for, you know, playing some directional schools while Southern Cal or some Big Ten schools, I believe they're not allowed to play one double A's and things like that. Um, so that's what I meant. I, I really think is, is going to be a – it's going to be tough. There, You know, I'd hate to see coaches from – certain teams uh, get fired after this season because they didn't live up to expectations because, you know, there are threats of players who aren't going to play. There's a, you know, the whole change of, of plans and scouting and film and preparation, you know, it's a late start and some of the starts are, they're kind of hamstrung by different rules. So it's just going to be different. And I really hate to see, I, I really hope it doesn't come down to, you know, let's say a coach, let's just say, for example, at university of South Carolina, you know, all of a sudden they got a 10-game SEC schedule. Maybe they go, you know, five and five. Don't get to go to a bowl game. Uh, it's just it almost seems like it's a little bit unfair. Maybe this season needs to have an asterisk by it no matter what. But, uh, you know, but, but that is. It is the business of football, and the business is to win. You win, you put butts in the seats, and you put money in the coffer from the alumni, and you also get TV money, product money, and merchandise money. So, yeah, while I hate to see anybody get fired, I do recognize it is a business. But, you know, that strength of schedule for a 10 SEC game schedule is going to be tough for anybody to go undefeated. Yeah, and, and you know, if you look at the other side, and, and I get Clemson fans, and, again, I I know they're having some fun with some of this at their game time, family and friends around the state and around the country as they're poking the bear there, or poking the chicken, if you will. But but for, for Clemson, this is this Clemson, or maybe not Clemson as much, but it's going to hurt some of the other – teams like Florida State that usually plays Florida, like, you know, you, you get Louisville that plays Kentucky, and, and, and teams like that that play other teams inside the SEC, Eugene, this is going to take a hit on their strength of schedule for sure. Yeah, you know, and part of it's going to be, you know, coaches always complain about that, and, and, and so do fans, and rightfully so. Sometimes when you schedule teams, uh, schedules are made, especially outside of your conference, years in advance. Um, but even in your own conference, let's say you're playing, you know, let's take it back a few years back when Florida State was relevant uh, for that little bit of a time um, and Clemson was, you know, playing really well and, and hadn't won that national championship yet, but they were good. You know, you've got to have that, that other, you know, team that's really, really good. Now imagine if Jameis Winston had not only been suspended for a game, but let's just say he was hurt the whole season and couldn't play. Would Florida State have been the same team? Probably not. So, you know, there are a little bit of things out of your control. You can't control by the time you play someone, whether the quarterback is playing or not, or the defensive star. So you play the schedule in front of you. Um, I don't necessarily buy a whole lot that the ACC has been, you know, Clemson and everybody else um, because there's some really good teams. And I know 
Uh, there are a lot of people. There are some people who are betting a little bit of money on North Carolina to take the conference this year. So we'll see where that goes. I mean, we know they have talent and they have a great coach. Uh, obviously, I don't think Florida State's there. I think they're still in a massive rebuilding and, and tearing down and rebuilding some more. Um, Louisville has some athletes. You know, we're, we're into, you know, was it year two or going on to year three with a new head coach? Uh, I really like right. what the uh, Virginia coach is doing up there. Um, and then there's always some wild cards. I mean, this is the conference that saw, you know, Wake Forest win the, win the title not too long ago. NC State has made some noise. Two or three years ago, Miami, everybody thought the U was back, especially after whooping Notre Dame on national TV like that. Um, so I really think it's going to be a challenge uh, to other teams. Obviously, the throne Clemson, you know, the defense is just returns. They reload. Plus, you know, they have ob- arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country. Um, they're maintained one of their two co-offensive coordinators. And obviously, you know, Trevor's back uh, receiving the snap and throwing the ball. Um, I think you got the great running backs, uh, great offensive line. Uh, one of their tackles was just rated one of the top tackles in the country for this year. So it's going to be hard for obviously anybody to beat them um, by just, you know, I, I just don't believe that the ACC is, is Clemson and everybody else. I will say this. I will say this. I think Florida State's still rebuilding. I think they've got a lot of internal things they've got to figure out. I think Louisville possibly could have some things. You know, uh, there's other teams that I see. But but the dogs that I see in the fight, or should we say uh, the Tar Heel we see in the fight, is North Carolina for me. I mean, North Carolina, even when they had Fedora, I was on that train, that Fedora train that let me down oh so many times. And here we go now. Now we have the Mac Daddy, Mac Brown in-house, doing his thing, recruiting his behind off, dancing in the locker rooms. I mean, I don't want to say it's like Spurrier, but in North Carolina, but it's every bit of Spurrier in North Carolina. They bring a coach who's got all the the, the resumes. He's got all the credibility in the, the area. He's got what it takes. But he also coached at the same school before he left and went to Texas. Then he came back. So to me, when you watch him continuing – to land not only five-star dudes, and I think I, I get that. I'm not a big star guy. I, I just don't buy it as much. I give it the respect it's earned because I think kids have put a lot of work into it. But I like these three-star dudes that they turn into five-star studs. Steve Spurrier did it. I think Matt Brown does a good job at it. They don't, they don't see it for what a five-star is. They see a three-star for what he could be, what he could bring with that hustle and intensity and tenacity and all those other big words that, that, that make that program a little bit better. And let's not kid ourselves. North Carolina was a play away from beating Clemson last year. Now, did Clemson get better? Yeah, they did. But I just feel like North Carolina is a team that I think everybody should put on that radar. Watch out. Here they come. I, I tell you what uh... – who is, uh, I guess this is the athletic director at the University of South Carolina. I don't know if you remember this, but um, when Spur decided to retire, my recollection was that um, Coach Mac Brown threw his hat in the ring very early on, and allegedly someone may have said uh, they were concerned about his age and how long he was going to coach, considering that, you know, they just <laughs> had hired Lou Holtz and he retired out, hired Spur, he retired out. Well, I tell you what, if you've ever seen Mac Brown dancing in the locker room and recruiting five stars, it makes you wonder, you know, is he really that old and out of touch because it doesn't appear so. Yeah, no doubt. Return of the Mac for sure, and he's doing it 
and doing it big over there. And I think I, I do think that their team, to me, you know, and, and you go around the league, and, and so for me, North Carolina and, and the ACC, and there's just something brewing in Tennessee. Rocky Top, the Big T, everything is lining up for what you have seen these guys. And, and we've had multiple young men on this show talking about Tennessee football and why they are even entertaining the conversation from that entire staff. And it's because they're young, they understand, and that they move the way that they move, and they like that. They like the things that are happening over there. We saw Jalen Hyatt, by the way. He's wearing number 11 as a volunteer from uh, his days in Columbia doing it really big. And I don't want to quote his number for some reason. I think it's number eight that he was with Dutch Fork, but it didn't matter what number he was because they called his number when they needed the big touchdown as they called it in the state championship last year. And he won it with a fade route pass to the left corner of the end zone. And all of a sudden it was another state championship for coach Knotts. And of course those guys up there doing it big. And so to me, that's the team that you look at for, but in the big 10, I'm just kind of curious how that's going to go, because if I'm not mistaken, Eugene, they're also playing an all-conference schedule. And that's not a bad thing either, because I really think if you put it together, as of right now, the SEC is still the head of the top, right? They're still the head of the table. The Big, the big Ten, the Big Ten very much at number two. I just think top to bottom, they have a better, they have a better group of teams. And I think, really, it's very much similar to the SEC where they beat each other up throughout the entire season. And it's one side more than the other. And we've said that about the SEC. But I think this year you're going to be surprised. I think the East is going to be a little bit more competitive or maybe a lot more competitive because I think Georgia's good. I think Florida's good. I think Tennessee's good. I'm not sure about South Carolina. Again, the Gamecocks played number three and number four dudes throughout most of the year. I mean, at one point they had to convert other position players to the defensive side of the ball from injury. It's going to be an interesting number if they can stay healthy. How good are the Gamecocks going to be? Again, Helensky is now the man. He's there, but Luke Doty is waiting in the wings. They've taken that young cat from Fort Dorchester who said, hey, I just want to play. Put me wherever. He's fast. He's got the feet where he's got everything. So I think offensively it would be a good time to watch. But there's a lot of questions in a lot of different areas. And, of course, have we decided whether the Pac-12 or 16 or whatever they are this week are they playing Eugene in the fall, or are they playing in the spring? I might have lost Eugene there. Of course, as uh, we're trying to get everything put together here and uh, put everything in order again, tonight's show is going to be an epic show, as uh, we've got a great group of uh, guests coming on. We're going to start with the youth, the pipeline of our country that runs through the upstate down to the lower state and, of course, touches the Midlands as the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams. He'll join us here in just a few moments. And then at 7 o'clock, we head over to Stratford High School. That's, of course, Denny McDaniel. He is the head football coach over there. He gave a statement today, by the way, Eugene, to uh, those Knights and how things, I guess, are going to go. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But these guys have been practicing pretty much since March, if I'm not mistaken. These guys are, or whenever they finally got the green to go, they've been getting after it. So, uh, you know, as far as that's concerning, they are in Berkeley County. The numbers are low. They've taken advantage of the opportunity. I don't blame them, but I want to catch up with the coach and see what he's got going on. Of course, the big man, who uh, that wide receiver, who I also think wears, uh, I think he also wears number eight, committed to Central Michigan. He was in here with us 
a couple weeks ago. But he's got a lot of dudes all over the board. They were very young last year. And that's a good thing if you're a coach coming into this season. But it's an all-region-heavy deal. Now, they're on the same side as Goose Creek, Berkeley, Wando, and um, the Cobras at Cane Bay are part of that conversation as well. So that's a tough little region. Of course, uh, Cane Bay in the past has been one of the only uh, – well, since West Ashley's coach changed there, they've been one of the only triple option type of team. And that's a tough thing for high school coaches to do. Heck, it's a tough thing for college coaches to coach against because it's almost – you hate to say a wasted week of practice, but you change everything you do in there. Eugene, when you look at all of this, though, and you see these schedules in high school, you see these schedules in college, when you start to kind of put everything in order, and here, by the way, Jay Williams had to redo their schedule because he wants it to mirror the entire roster from high school. These kids are wearing the same colors as the feeder program they're playing in. To me, it's an amazing thing. But you say put an asterisk by the season – to me, I say let's put a statement by the season. Let's make this a statement season. Let's make this the best season ever. We took the the worst situation and made the best results. It is what it is. If it's nine games, if it's seven games, well, daggone it, let's get after it. Let's go in. Let's get what we got to get and get to that next step, Eugene. Well, I agree. And that didn't mean an asterisk in the sense like it doesn't matter, it doesn't count. It's just meant basically because of the funkiness of it. I mean, it's just every time you think you get your wheels going, you know, you get a flat tire or something else, and you know, and then it's just it's such an unusual thing. It's almost like if um, you know the college program. I mean, again, with them, it's a whole different. It's a whole different setup. It's a whole different uh, atmosphere with the only you know playing conference games. You know, the same thing with high school. So it's just, it's just an unusual season. You know, it might be one of those seasons we don't even know if we're going to have a playoff yet. Uh, I know that's the plan right now. But, you know, if you didn't have a playoff, you know, you'd probably – and your team went undefeated. Maybe you uh, maybe you put an asterisk by your team. And, I, I don't know. Like I said, my, my the reason behind that statement was basically just because of how unusual this is, you know. I, I, everybody always says, and it's just – I'm getting burnt out with saying these are unusual times, but – I'm going to have to drop that phrase in this stance and eat my own medicine for, for saying that because, you know, every generation has had hard times, whether it was wars or famine or depressions and things like that. So, And I've just, you know, I'm always thinking to myself, you know, we aren't that bad. You know, 18-year-olds aren't getting drafted from high school, you know, when they finish their graduation and they go off to war and, and, and a lot of them didn't come home. Um so I've always kind of thought it, to try to keep things somewhat in perspective, um, you know. So, it just, gosh, man, like I said, it's just such a funky thing. That's why I meant by the asterisk. I mean, you don't, you have complete schedule changes of high school teams and college teams less than a month before kickoff. And so, like with kids maybe not playing, parents don't feel comfortable, with coaches not feeling comfortable, it resets, restarts, phase one, phase 1.5, phase what are we? Could we we could wear a helmet. Now we can't wear a helmet to practice. And so, you know, and then and then schools that are playing in the spring, you know, that's also unusual, something that's never happened before. So that's kind of where I was going with the whole asterisk comment. Yeah, and, again, I'm not trying to call you out by no means, brother. I just saw an opportunity to kind of capitalize on it because, again, that's what these coaches need to be telling these young kids. Hey, look, everybody's put an asterisk by this season as if it doesn't count. But trust me, that same trophy that we can win at the end of it all 
it still says state champion. It still says whatever it says there. And to me, that's all I care about. And, and, and that's the best medicine. That's the best antidote. That, to me, is, is the route they need to go to get out here. And, and let's get this message across. Let's have some fun with it as we're going to have fun the remainder of the night. Again, we mentioned the C word. I'm not talking corona or COVID, am I? Because we're not talking about that tonight because it is an all – football conversation and why not we're going to start off here as we come out of break we're going to head uh to somewhere between st george and somerville south carolina we'll check in with the big dog the commissioner he starts us off coming up out of break he is of course jay williams the uh, south carolina youth football association's own and it's time to get an update to finally get some answers on when Oh, eugene when are we going to go to work on a saturday night and cover these young guys who are excited to be on the radio right here on Southern Sports Central. Guys, we're taking a quick one. We'll come back. We'll have that interview and many more. Don't go anywhere. Everybody, I'm Rich Yellman alongside Eugene Benton for a solid Thursday night lineup here with the guest list that is uh, heavy from top to bottom. And we're going to head over to the hotlines now. Of course, uh, joining us over on the Tent Farm hotline is the one and only 
Coach Jay Williams, he is the commissioner, by the way, with the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Commish, what's going on on a Thursday night here in Somerville, buddy? Oh, not much, Richie, man. How you doing? How you doing, Eugene? Life is good, man. We're uh, we're looking forward. It's football. It is football season. I know there's a lot of chatter in the uh, in the uh, college ranks with the Gamecocks and the Tigers, and I just saw on social media somebody actually put that the SEC is running. Man, let me tell you something. The SEC ain't losing nothing by losing the ACC on their schedule. I mean, I get Clemson's a dog, but after that, man, it's uh, few and far between. But uh, before we talk about that schedule, man, let's talk some of the uh, South Carolina Youth Football Association. I know I spoke with you last night. We had some some good chatter going back and forth. But uh, first of all, looking forward to getting on the air, talking about these young dudes, and uh, having a Saturday night showdown with you guys here soon. Oh yeah, man, uh, it's it's coming. I'm, uh, we're we're excited to have you, and you know. We're still online with the high schools. I know a lot of them are doing their jamborees on September 4th. Ours is September 5th. Their first games are September 11th. You'll be at Ashley Ridge against Ashley Ridge and Fort Dorchester on September 12th. So, well, um, we're ready for you. We're ready for the season. It's great. I think it's great that they made some sort of decision, and it looks like we're going forward with it. Not sure if it was the best decision, but at least the decision is made, so we have some kind of clarities for these young men on each level as far as what we do on this, on this football season. No doubt as we're live right now with the commissioner for the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams, joined us as always here on a Thursday night, coming to us on the Tent Farm Hotline. You can find the Tent Farm over there at tentfarm.com. It is hot. It is sunny. So, of course, the shade is in need. And, indeed, you need to reach out to the guys over there at the Tent Farm. But as we throw some shade on, uh, these young fellows here uh, practice. These guys are still practicing. Uh, commish, everything's uh, still running as normal. I think these guys took a little bit of time off, but uh, kind of correct me, get me up to date on where are we right now with the practicing and, and uh, handing out the jerseys, the uniforms, and uh, the, everything across the board. Well, I don't think it was that far as far as handing out jerseys just yet, but uh, we're stage 1.5, just like the high schools, is limited to sharing balls and small group still, um, but I do think everyone's going now. I think everyone's going and practicing slash working out, whatever you want to call it at this point, in hopes that when they re-meet as this high school board here shortly, they go ahead and kick it into the next gear so everybody else can move along. These kids are going to need rep before they call themselves going out there and playing a game, um, especially dealing with the youth, first-time players. you got to show them all the proper techniques as far as blocking, tackling, just lining up properly. And those are some of the things that we're limited to doing in the workouts right now. Um, yeah, you can go, you know, 11 offensive players showing where to line up at, but they can't have a defense in front of them. So you can't show them who to block or, you know, vice versa on defense. If you want to set up a defense, you don't show them where to line up at because you can't put an offense in front of them yet. So I think that's the major step that needs to be made. Um, for everything to go through successfully. Checking in right now with the commissioner with the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams, joining us here for the 6.30 Thursday check-in. And coming up, we will be interviewing a lot of their players, and it will be scholar-athletes on and off the field. Looking forward to meeting some of these young men and women, possibly, and, of course, the cheerleaders. We'll get them in here on the radio as well as uh, the growth of uh, what Southern Sports Central is able to do with 
a five-star group of guys and girls putting together an incredible program. And uh, this is unprecedented. Of course, we're in unprecedented times here, Kamish. I'm getting a lot of great feedback. The people that I'm talking to really love the fact that not only are they still playing football, but they're playing football in a uniform that looks identical to the feeder program that they're going into. I mean, it's going to be uh, taking it to the next level. Right, Coach? I, I, I definitely believe so. I think this is the future. I think this is where it's headed. Um, I think you'll see more and more high schools get involved next year with it. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer. I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to be involved with your future, your youth, your the kids in your area that's going to eventually come play for you at that school. So I, I think you'll see a lot more um, get involved next year. And like you say, just the identical name, color, design as your high school, playing on their field, you know, because a lot of these high schools are granting us the, you know, capability to play on their field. So that's great as well. Giving the child at the age of five or six the experience to play on the same field that dad, uncle, older brother may have played on or may still be playing on. So, I mean, I just think it's a great experience for these youth. And can you imagine when you do step on the field on Friday night as that sophomore or junior or senior, it's nothing new to you. I've been doing this since I was five. I'm, I'm, the, the, the jitters are gone. The bright lights don't scare me. Richard Altman has always been calling my game since I was little on the radio. You know, it's no fear anymore. They're ready to go. Man, I love it. I love the plug there, man, because I tell you, I get excited. I was out last night. My son played socially distanced football, which is also called flag football, if you will, there. Uh, And that's one of the things that I've kind of adopted uh, to this new era that we're dealing with. But, you know, I called you last night, and I called, of course, the – Ashley Ridge coach. I said, look, man, I got two dudes. This one cat that's going to Ashley Ridge is feeder program. This guy has a little bit of A.J. Green in the way he's able to catch it at 11 years old and looks like he's 14 as far as his length and just his ability to post up. He's a basketball guy as well. So I said, we got to find him a home. And, of course, we had that connection before we left the field. And then here comes an offensive line, defensive line guy that hustled the entire night that night, last night. And you know, got on one of his players for putting his head down. I was like, that's the type of guy we need in the program. So I got in touch with you last night. Of course, we're landing him. And how about this? There's a coach last night that coached the other team for my sons. And his ability to be energetic, to be positive, to be what I feel the South Carolina Youth Football Association is all about, called out one of the kids for some sportsmanship. And I said, yep, that's another guy. So I was able to really kind of wrap up, even though their season ended last night, these three guys could be, I guess, are going to be playing here uh, starting Monday, hopefully. But, you know, to me, getting the word out, and I get it. It's not an easy thing, even with social media, like you mentioned, up in St. George. And and there's even pockets here in Somerville that that we're going to have to do as much as we can do and and tell me what we can do here at Southern Sports Central because this is an opportunity, an avenue, if you will, that really I I think is as good as any. I mean, even though the middle school ball – Kamish is not around here, at least down in this side of Dorchester County. To me, to get to wear the same jersey that you're going to be wearing for the next three, four, five, whatever years it is, that to me, that's a big deal. It is a very big deal. And, man, you do a tremendous job of helping promote. And I see anything that we share on social media um, or post on social media, you like it, you share it. You have me on the radio every Thursday night. Thank you for that. 
I mean, you do a tremendous job helping us build this brand. And I just think it's going to be over time. I mean, it's something new, exciting, but not everybody's going to be a form of it. So we just have to keep doing what we're doing, keep pushing, keep spreading it as much as possible. Uh, it'll get out to people. And then, you know, some with this pandemic, some may know about it and still just afraid to come out, which rightfully so. Um, I understand that. So, you know, maybe next year we, we might have some individuals sitting at home with some players right now that they're not allowing them to play until this thing calms down. And hopefully those gentlemen and young ladies of their chair or football players, if they play football at, uh, for the young ladies as well, hopefully they're coming out next year or if some miraculous – you know, uh thing happens where we can have some type of vaccine for this thing or something that can start curing it. Um, maybe they come out this year, but I just think we have to keep spreading the word, um, keep, you know, posting these young men and women as far as what they're doing on and off the field, both academics and athletics. Um, you be doing the live feed of the games on Facebook with you broadcasting it on the radio. So that's all we can do is just keep building the brand, keep promoting, keep getting these kids out there. And hopefully the world will get out sooner rather than later. Yeah, no doubt as we're live with the commissioner, Jay Williams, checking in with us between, I don't know if he's in St. George or he's in Somerville, but he's somewhere in the County of Dorchester as we always get a chance to catch up with him here on a Thursday night. And uh, again, the lights will be cutting on. And again, I think you kind of said it best. At least we have a direction, Commission. We have an idea because you guys, respectively so, because you didn't have to. You didn't have to follow suit for what the high school is doing, but you want to show that you're an all-in kind of guy. And I love that factor about you guys and all of you guys. Again, you, you, you see the coaches. They've been coaching them up. You've seen all the, the things kind of going on. There's been a lot of chitter-chatter on social media but when you get down to it, it's kind of good to me because sometimes it seems like you practice forever, and then by the time the season gets here, man, you're kind of like, man, this is like part two. So there is a side of me that's concerned about the heat, worried about the acclimation to get these kids out there, Kamish, but you guys have actually been working a lot more than even the high school kids have been because there's a lot of counties who haven't seen a field since March. Right, and uh... – that's why you said the right thing. I'm glad it was direction to get everybody on sort of a level playing field now. Because as you just mentioned, it was some counties that never shut down. And they were able to continue their workout and continue on with no problems. And then other counties shut down where those kids couldn't work out anymore, not in their groups or with their teams. They could do personal workouts at home or, you know, with the father figure or mother figure or whoever was working them out at that time. Uh, but this at least levels the playing field where everyone has the opportunity to do the same thing and gives everyone the same direction. Because for a while, it was just up in limbo. Will we have a season? Will it start on time? Will it be shortened? You know, will it be a full season? So nobody knew anything for such a long time, and I'm just glad that now we have some sort of direction, some sense of this is what it's going to be. And if stuff changes, it changes, but at least get a tentative schedule out there to give some direction is great. Checking in right now with Commissioner over there at the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Jay Williams is here with us live for his Thursday check-in. And sooner than later, and we're now stepping into the word sooner because there is at least a target date of starting on not only the youth football, but across the state of South Carolina. 
the Gamecocks, the Tigers, you name it, they're all putting it together in, of course, the high school level. Let me ask you about the high school stuff here, uh, Commission, because I know you're tied into Woodland up there with, uh, of course, uh, one of the one of the good guys that I enjoy getting a chance to talk to. It's never a dull moment, by the way, when you get Coach Cyber, who's the athletic director at Woodland. That dude's always smiling, and uh, he's always got some of the best phrases I, I can remember. That being said, what is your thought as a coach up there in the high school level doing the things that you do with a program that hasn't had the opportunity to practice as much comparatively to these other teams who have been able to practice? Because to me, you know, it just is what it is. And I think that's probably the, the answer that's best. I mean, you just got to work with what you got. But, you know, while Somerville had a couple of weeks with Asher Ridge and, and Fort and all that, those dudes down in Buford, down at Hilton Head, they haven't seen a football since March. Well, yeah, I think it is a true competitive advantage for those that even got a little bit of practice. I don't care if it was two more weeks worth of reps and you got more than the next, that's an advantage. But one thing I know about Coach Cyber, and I'm sure you know the thing, he'll have us prepared. Him and Coach mm-hmm. Ford, they'll have us ready. So they, I'm pretty sure they're in there, got the wheels turning, schedules, plan of what we're going to do to get us to the level we need to be by game day. And I have – nothing but confidence that when we come out ready to play our first game, we'll be ready to play on that Friday night. I mean, those guys are tremendous. Um, so I know, you know, they're working and getting everything together. And when we get everything rolling, we'll be ready to go. Even though we started late, we'll, we came to the party late, but we'll be ready to party when it's time to play. <laughs> I love it, man. Let's get it on. And, of course, Friday night will be hopefully a fall conversation. They are called the boys of fall, by the way, and I get it. And whether, like you said, it also best, Kamish, uh, whether it was the right decision or not, it's the decision. It's where we are. And I don't even have an idea. Eugene, you can chime in here now. I'm going to cut your mic on and, and let you speak a little bit as well here because did, did did you have a chance, Eugene, to listen to the high school league? I know you were knee-deep into some paperwork. I, of course, was busting out with us going out of town tomorrow to Charlotte. But uh, <laughs> any word on what came out of today's three hours or hour and a half or whatever they gave us? Well, we learned that 1.5 does not involve helmets. <laughs> so that, <laughs> the comments in, in the comment section going just just bat crap crazy, man, because people were saying over and over again, how in the heck do you expect kids to be able to play a game in a month when they, the part of the heat acclimatization uh, process is putting a helmet on your head? We all know that – it, heat escapes your body to the top of your head, and so we're not going to have helmets for a while. Helmets come in in phase two. Um, you can practice as a team, as a position group. You can have a quarterback, running back, five, six offensive, five offensive linemen, maybe one to rotate, some receivers, uh, 12 guys. Those 12 guys can line up next to each other. They can run plays. They can throw to the receiver. You can hand off to the running back. Once you do that, those 12 guys can no longer play with any other guy, period, until probably phase two. That's it. Another interesting thing. So coaches were asking if the defensive guys, similar in a skelly, could, uh, you know, the, the DBs and the linebackers drop back into zones. And they said, well, what if, you know, we're not touching, we're not near, we're just going to drop back so they can simulate dropping into coverage. High school league said, without a doubt, no. And they said, well, okay, well, what if we back them off 10 yards and have them drop back just so they can get a visual 
of dropping back. Quarterbacks and receivers can see those dudes 10 yards down the field dropping back and running to a zone. High school league said, without a doubt, no, because somebody might get too close and they might lose track of where their zones are. So there you go. Um, swimming pools, if it's one pool, even though multiple high schools use it, you can't separate the kids by those uh, those rope barrier things with little floaties on them. Those don't count. You can only have a certain amount of kids in a pool, and then you have to separate them by it actually has to be a whole different pool separated by an actual barrier. They even went as far as to say it's not a dock. Like if it's a dock that they can swim under, which I, I don't even know where they're coming from with that. I mean, I was thinking something in the, in the river there somewhere. But anyway, if there's a dock and they can swim under it to the other pool, that doesn't count. That's illegal, and you have to worry about the numbers. Cross country can start as long as they are have offsetting finish and starting lines uh competitive cheer is still at phase one they're not even going to phase five um and i didn't i didn't catch what they said about volleyball but that, that's kind of the gist of it i'm not really sure what's different other than you can pair up your 12 guys they can run some plays but then those 12 guys are isolated um to themselves uh, apparently until phase two hits whenever that's going to be well, there you go. So that wrapped up. Uh, and, and again, was it another three-hour segment of uh, the high school giving us an update on what's going on? And to me, what it looks like is kind of happening, and, and Jay, I want to bring you in on this as well, Commission. It, it looks like what the high school league is trying to do is get as much product going forward, but not too much to be too dangerous, but at least say, hey, look, why, why are we not doing it? I got guys and girls over here doing this, that, and the other. We're moving. There's no reason for us to go play it spring one to me it's just at least enough so they can say look we're already moving this train there's no need to stop it is that kind of the way you're seeing it commission yeah i see them that's how they're doing it trying to ease their way into it i'm guessing but just my personal opinion i think it's ridiculous that we that we're doing it this slowly and we're saying we're playing in a month if our kids can't put on helmets it's kind of unrealistic, like Eugene was saying, that we're going to play football in a month. So we're going to play. Right. Let's let these kids get helmets on. Let's let them get a skeleton defense. We don't got to be out there full-out tackling right now. Let's let them get a skeleton defense off. I understand, you know, keeping the defense in groups. But if one of the questions were, can I put my defense 10 yards off the ball and have them dropping in a zone so my quarterbacks and receivers can read the coverage, and you respond, no, what makes us think we're playing football in a month? Yeah, that's a good point, guys, both of you guys. I mean, again, and I think I've heard that on this show and off this air, and it's the same thing. Realistically, as much as I get we want to play, and I am kind of shocked that they're allowing – maybe I'm not shocked. I don't know. I'm wondering, maybe I guess it's that tune-up game for these guys having the jamborees and having these things. I get it, but shouldn't they utilize that time to get that unity to the team? I mean, to be honest with you, that's that's kind of my thing. It's not like we've been practicing for two months and, and we're finally tired of practicing, so we need a, a realistic game to play. To me, and, and you heard this with Mickey Wilson, they said they canceled in Myrtle Beach the CMB Classic, which is a traditional uh, series up there in Myrtle Beach that all the local teams in Horry County play in, kind of like you see the show down and remember the Satoma, right? Sure. You wonder if 
you wonder if maybe that should be the way Dorchester County, uh, you know, again, I don't want to upset anybody in Dorchester County or, or, or anybody that's in charge of the thing, but maybe that's the kind of direction we need to be going. Instead of doing a jamboree, we're really, quite frankly, you're running a bunch of plays. I don't really know what we get out of it other than it's cool to see all these kids back together. I, I just it, it, This year it just has a different meaning to me, and, and I think they can use that night. To, to maybe work together as a team because they are going to see the, the teams that they practice or play. Most of those dudes are on the schedule, right? Yes. Uh, in most of the cases, yeah, because you're a strict, it's mostly conference play with probably a one or two off, depending on what conference you're in. So, yeah, you're any most of the time, whoever you see in your damn green game, you're going to see on the regular season. And I, and I agree with you, uh, what you just said. Nothing wrong with what you just said, but my thing is, the Jamboree is just one week before the actual kickoff of the game. So we're not ready to play by the Jamboree. I don't think the additional week is going to get them that much more prepared. I think the process is it needs to start now. If we start now and start letting these kids get acclimated and say, put on helmets, get your defense out there, skeleton. We're not – because to be honest, you don't do that much hitting and tackling during the summer practices anyway. The regular season is a grind already. So it's not like teams would be out there full pads going at it right now if they loosen up the reins a little bit. You still have to get these kids in shape. That's that's the first and biggest thing in be able to play a football game. They got to get acclimated to the heat and they have to get in shape. Well, you can't do that when you only can work out a small group of them at a time unless you're putting it on these coaches for to be there all day long with different groups coming in at different time frames or having multiple coaches with different groups or whatever. But that's just still asking a lot. If we're going to play football in a month, let's let these kids practice. And if, you know, nobody wants anybody to catch the coronavirus in any way, shape, or form, but if it happens and the numbers start rising back up, then we shut it down and look into alternative options. But I think just slowly easing it in, because at this pace there's no way possible we'll be ready to play good even even moderate quality football games on September 12th, unless they're going at, unless this is the last week of phase 1.5, and then we can jump into everything moving forward, and that gives you a little over a month to prepare. I could possibly see you being game ready ready in that time, but if we're in phase 1.5 more than a week, I don't see how we play on September 5th for jamborees, or if you're not even doing a, a jamboree, I don't see how you play September 12th. For the first, I mean, September 11th, first game of the season. I agree with you. We're checking in right now with the commissioner over there at the South Carolina Youth Football Association. He's coaching the kids all the way from the high school down there to the uh, the smaller fields around the county, not just Dorchester County and uh, Charleston County and Berkeley County. These guys, of course, spread out between multiple states, or excuse me, multiple counties throughout our state here in South Carolina. The other thing I wanted to ask you before – uh, I get you back at your uh, family there, and I do appreciate it there, Commish, giving us some time here tonight to talk football. But, uh, you know, for me, if it's going to be, A, you're already a shortened season, so do you want to risk the chance of injuring that athlete with a scrimmage, let's be honest, a scrimmage, if you will, just to have an opportunity to stretch it out against competition? And then don't, don't forget that they're taking the top two in the region. So how do you see Woodland or any other team? You could take Woodland out because of your connection there, but how do you see a team like Waccamaw up in Myrtle Beach or Georgetown County 
playing a non-conference game or non-region game that it, it means something because it's on the schedule. But like you see in college football and conference play, you get lay, you, you get it where it's at, and that's what's in the family, if you will. So to me, there's a lot of questions on how are they going to play some of these guys in the final two games because if they've already locked up a number one seed because they've already finished their region play, why play these guys as long as you see? And you see this in college a lot of times with the Tigers and Alabama and Oklahoma and Ohio State, right? Right. Those games, if if you locked up your region, I don't care where you where you at. If you locked up your region, games will be to get your guys that they can get a lot of reps during the season reps. No one's going out there and playing those stars or you know their key players in those games. If my region's already locked up, I'm not risking injury on a possible state championship because I heard you speak about it a little earlier on the show. A lot of people put an asterisk to Brown this season. Well, there's no asterisk. If we're playing football, we're playing football. It's just because it's a shortened season, I'm do the best I can to win that state championship. So if my region is locked up and I know I'm in the playoffs and I got two non-conference games that doesn't affect seeding, doesn't affect anything, but it's just games on my schedule, then no, we're, we're not playing our, our – no one's going to go out there and play their starting quarterback in those games when you're region locked in. That kid is sitting. He's sitting, and we're getting prepared for the playoffs to try to win a state championship. It's yeah, no doubt has, about it, and I think that's a, go ahead, Eugene. I know you wanted to chime in, buddy. Sorry. No, man. I was just gonna say, you know, when I mentioned the asterisk, you know, my thing was is this. It was more so just because this is such a weird season. It's not the and it's a shortened season, and you know, there's there's no like the jam breeze and preseason games. You don't get your feet wet. You know, you just got to jump right in the pool. And that's all, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying, like, the, uh, with SEC and ACC and Big Ten only playing their schedules. It's going to be interesting. Like I said, you know, about that, I just didn't want to see – I'd hate to see a coach get let go uh, this season because they didn't live up to certain expectations. But then again, I guess, you know, if you're measuring stick as if you're a Power 5 school and three or four of your wins or, or two or three wins come against those, uh, you know, directional teams or one double A teams, maybe, maybe they are wise in making a, a different choice. So – Anyway, um, yeah, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to it, man. I got a young man that I trained is playing for the uh, Asher Ridge team. He's a set, He'll be a seventh grader this fall. Uh, I train him two days a week uh, over here in North Charleston. Coach Pennell, uh, who coaches the uh, team for um, Asher Ridge, came out to watch him yesterday. Uh, we did a bunch of stuff with him, put in some different little plays on special teams and also did some heckle the kicker stuff and, you know, man, he's so excited, and uh, the helmet was in the back of his dad's truck. His daddy's a city police officer, and, you know, he, he jumps out, and I asked him the other day if he wanted to just, you know, start kicking with that helmet on and get used to it, and, you know, he's all excited. But, you know, it, it stinks that they can't put a helmet on. I'm really upset about that right now. I just I feel like, you know, we're a month out, and if they can't get acclimated to the temps, it's going to be I, – I just fear that, one, kids are going to be getting sick. They're going to be dropping – on uh, September 11th, September 12th for the youth league, um, and also too, you know, I, I all, we're so worried about coronavirus and, and losing a child to an unfortunate death. But you know, we see every year with all the steps taken that kids die every summer during the acclimation period for football. And I just, I, you know, it's going to be another thing. And I wonder, you know, what's going to happen if that happens? Um, it's going to be the same thing. Well, we should have known better. We should have put helmets. We had, should have had them, you know, getting acclimatized back in June, and we didn't. So 
I, you know, it's really scary. It's scary either way. Um, whether you, it's one of those darned if you do and darned if you don't situations, in my opinion. And Eugene, you're absolutely yeah, right, brother. Nobody is. Everybody's so scared of coronavirus. You're not thinking about all the other things. Like there has been deaths in football every year prior to coronavirus becoming relevant. And I think those precautions to avoid those deaths are being disregarded right now just for coronavirus. It's not the only thing in the world. It's out there. People are catching it. People are dying from it. But also kids can die from exhaust, things that we've put in measures for previously. And it seems like we're doing backwards by saying you can't wear a helmet this week. We might have you in a helmet next week, and then two weeks after that, you're going to go out there and play a whole four-quarter football game. Yeah, I think you guys are both right there. And, of course, uh, we're up against the top of the hour because, you know, there's a lot of things that questions. I mean, by the way, don't tell anybody, but there's a hurricane brewing or at least a storm out there in the Atlantic. So there's, there is so, so many things going on uh, here in the, uh, the up-and-coming season that uh, we're just hoping – to get moving. But I think that is a concern in, in, in commission. Eugene, you, you've heard me say this right here on this show. As I said, very much so. My concern, as much as COVID is, is a real thing, again, I didn't want to talk much about it, but it's out there. It's, it's, it's real. Like it or not, numbers are there. People are not around, whatever. And then now you got to worry about heat exhaustion. You're talking about these young kids that were dropping in week three, you know, uh, matter of fact, Kamish, you and I were at Woodland together week zero, and how many kids did we watch drop down? Because what is the new thing now? The new thing is AstroTurf. It is one of the hottest places to play, period. I mean, these things don't have a lot of forgiveness when it comes to getting tackled, and it comes off a lot of heat, right? Of course, yeah. And I, uh, half our team cramped that night, week zero. And that was after mm-hmm. a full off of conditioning. I mean, so – I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's going to be a big one, I tell you. We'll find out. Kamish, as always, we greatly appreciate all that you do for here, here on Southern Sports Central. Uh, we're going to catch up here shortly. Again, I know we talked last night in depth about a few things. Uh, I also want to say uh, continue doing what you're doing. We see you. We appreciate you. And uh, we look forward to hearing that again next Thursday night, 630, as we talk with the one and only Jay Williams, the commissioner of the South Carolina Youth Football Association. Kamish, enjoy the weekend, buddy. All right, thanks, brother. Thanks for having me on. Take care, Eugene. Always. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So let's take a break, and we'll come back. It's not going to be a long one because we're taking the bus between Dorchester County, and we're heading to Berkeley County with the one and only Coach Denny McDaniel from Stratford High School, the old ball coach over there. It's time to talk football in the Stratford Knights as their season is right around the corner. We'll be right back, guys. And like that, hour one is done. Here comes hour two, full throttle. We're all gassed and no breaks here on a Thursday night. Coming to you live in Somerville, South Carolina, the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios, located right here in the heart of football country to some, of course, here in uh, South Carolina. We're talking football tonight. Why not? Let's head over 
to the hotlines. We're going to get in here with uh, a guy that I've been trying to catch up with for some time, and it's been an honor having a chance to be a friend of him on Facebook, which that makes the friendship real. But now we take it online right here on Southern Sports Central. Denny, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Doing all right today? <laughs> I figured I would break the ice, man. I said, man, let's get this guy in here. And I know you and I have gone back and forth, Coach, that uh, – yeah, first of all, uh, I hope you and the family are doing well. You had a birthday in the house Sunday night, your daughter's birthday, correct? Yes, uh, it was uh, actually we celebrated Saturday. It was her 21st birthday. Uh, so um, <laughs> it, we, it stayed very low-key with us. Uh, uh, she's a lot like her dad. She's not really a get-after kind of person. But um, we had some good uh, families and friends over and had a good time celebrating that with her. Man, we're uh, excited to have uh, you in here. Tell her we said happy birthday. Uh, what's her name, by the way? Let's give her some love here tonight. 21. Oh, boy. Long yeah. time ago uh, for uh, me. I can tell you at 42. Exactly. Uh, Maddie. Madison McDaniel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Madison it's, uh, pretty, pretty, it's a pretty bittersweet week uh, because um, she's uh, going to be a junior down at College Charleston this year, and she's uh, moving into her, her apartment uh, this Saturday. So, not only is she turned 21, but we're, you know, I've already kicked her out of the house and told her she's on her own now. So I'm, I'm just kidding. But um, well, it's a little nervous having her move out into an apartment downtown and stuff like that. But um, she is a, a really good girl or, or good young woman right now. And I'm very proud of her. Coach, she's always going to be a little girl to you, buddy. That's how it works. I got a 19 year old daughter and she's always, I don't care how old she is. She'll always be daddy's little girl, brother. So uh, you didn't do anything wrong by saying what you did. But you got you got other children, right? That's you 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 got what is it two three? How many how many other ones you got? I, I got there? I got two I got two daughters. Uh, I have uh, Madison uh, twenty one and um, Landry is sixteen. Man, almost. Yep. I, you, hey, look, you see that you see that bright light at the end of that tunnel? <laughs> it's getting oh, yeah, close, coach. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. I got two girls and two boys, and, and I tell you what, my 19-year-old, uh, as much as I can tell you, you know, uh, is one of those that, that is a scholar. She does everything I need her to do, uh, but she's different. She's different than the other three that I got. So, uh, you know, I always uh, – and that's why I wanted to bring in here, Coach, because so many times we read about the wins and the losses of, of Coach McDaniels over there at uh, at Stratford, but but we don't get a chance to know you, your wife, your kids, your family, because yeah. you love on all these other families for so long. Let's take a minute to love on your family here on Southern Sports Central. So give us the rundown, man. I know you played your days, if I'm not mistaken, at the same school that you're coaching at. You took over for a legend, by the way. You and Joe Call decided to do it the toughest way of breaking into the coaching ring, didn't you? Yeah, we, we did, uh, you know, fill in some big shoes and, um you know, uh, they're very fortunate and very proud to have played for Coach Stackley at Stratford. And uh, I, I grew up a Stratford Knight. You know, uh, when the school opened, I remember my dad was part of the first booster club over there. And I remember being six years old over there painting athletic buses with him and Coach Stackley and Coach Smith and Coach Ruggles and those guys and, um, and having the chance to come back and uh, work at the place. You know, I, I coached there for, for a long time as an assistant, as office coordinator, and uh, able to come back and become the head man uh, for your alma mater and, and just – reconnect with so many people that meant so much to you over the years. And uh, even though a lot of those guys retired and moved on, uh, still have those connections with them and have them come back to the program and stuff like that. It just means a lot to me. No doubt as we're live right now with the head football coach. He's played on the field. He's battled on the field. He knows the inside and outs of that locker room. Of course, that's Coach Denny McDaniel joining us live from Stratford. It's a virtual tour as uh, we finally get into the wave, or the wave. I don't want to say the wave because I know that's a rival for you guys. 
But right. uh, we do get in that direction there in Stratford. Uh, we actually had a big man, one of your big boys uh, that committed, I think, to Eastern Michigan a couple about a month ago. He joined us here yeah, on uh, the uh, air a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Demarius Anderson. Um, you know, yes, tremendous sir. talent, uh, great young man. Uh, really excited to watch him blossom. He's um, he's he's got unlimited potential. He, I mean, he's he's a he's a kid who's got size. You know, he's six three. You know, he's weighing about two twenty right now. Uh, he runs a little bit better in the four six, uh, and just he, he's blessed with all the athletic skill and talent. And now he's we're starting to see where he's starting to put it together and understand how to use his talent and, and really step it up another notch. And we're just really excited uh, for him have the opportunity to go to Eastern Michigan uh, to continue on to get a college degree and uh, to represent us up there and excited for his senior year coming up. Now, Coach, you've uh, coached another uh, family member of his. I remember watching that young man ball out a couple of years ago as uh, I got to call the game on the radio. Uh, Somerville made the trip to Stratford. This kid, a running back over now at Newberry. But, man, this kid has gotten bigger and bigger watching his workouts over at the factory with those guys. But, Tell us a little bit about the history of Stratford in the last couple of years. You know, you took a team. You're very young last year, which means you're going to be, I think, uh, a lot more mature this year and a, a, a quietly dangerous team that nobody's talking about. But that's kind of where you want the Knights at, right, Coach? Exactly. Uh, we, you know, we're just plugging along, you know, putting our head down, working the best we can. Uh, you know, last couple of years, you know, uh, before I took over the program, uh, not a lot of wins, and that's not typical of Stratford uh, Knight program. Uh, you know, we were one of the very dominant programs in, in the, in the uh, low country and, and in the, actually the state there for, uh, you know, that 90s decade and in the, in the early 2000s. Um, but we've fallen some hard times, and, uh, you know, uh, but just coming in and trying to uh, instill the mentality, you know, that, we, that was built the program to where it is, to what it was, and uh, trying to restore it back. Um, our guys have kind of bought into it. Um, you know, we're not seeing the exact um, – you know, results we want to see on the scoreboard, but we see it, you know, coming in there. Of course, you know, I'm the first one to admit I don't want no moral victories, but you see you see the improvement in, in every position each and every game we play each every week, and that's really all you can ask for your kids to do is just to work hard and to keep improving. Um, you know, we feel that this coming this season, you know, and I know we've got this thing going on, this pandemic and everything, and everybody's dealing with it. Um, so we're not going to use that as an excuse or a crutch or anything like that. Uh, it's going to be boiled down to whenever we start practice, uh, you know, what team dedicates itself and stays focused and gets better in that time frame. And um, hopefully we can put some wins together uh, and continue to build our program from the ground up. Live right now as we check in with the head football coach over there at Stratford High School, the Knights, as they are ready to make a run here in the 2020 season. Coming up, the head coach, Denny McDaniel, joins us for the first of many visits here on Southern Sports Central and, uh, again, Coach, uh, you guys over at Berkeley County have been – you guys are doing it the right way. It is what it is. Numbers, they say, don't lie, and the numbers are down, which means you guys are able to get around, if you will. Practicing, getting after it, getting things done while other teams don't. Again, making the best out of your situation. How has it been? How has it been to catch up with your guys? You got a quarterback, by the way. I know he's a heck of a baseball player, but he's a pretty daggum good football player. Give us an update on how things have been going since you guys have picked up the pits in and been getting after it week after week here lately. Yeah, um, you know, we're very fortunate. Berkeley County allowed us to uh, come in in that phase one and, and get kids involved. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Williams, you had on before, talked about the number one concern coming to the season, getting kids acclimated and in, in, in shape. And uh, 
that is a major concern for us. And, and what we've been focused on is, um, you know, uh, we're our weight room small enough where we can't really get in there and lift weights in the weight room because you really can't spot. So what we've been doing is we do all of our workouts outside, incorporate a lot of dumbbell work, uh, body weight stuff, and we really been focusing on our conditioning big time. Um, how we're able to work it is, you know, you can go 10 in a group. We chose to go eight in a group with two coaches. Uh, that way, if a coach couldn't meet it for some reason or something like that, you know, we could, you know, rotate them around. We keep those groups together. Um, had an incident where we had someone who came in contact with it. So we were able to shut just that group down and they were able to come back in two weeks. So it's been kind of a good thing like that. You know, we practice social distancing. Kids do a great job of it. Uh, but really, in, in, and I know I'm sure these other coaches in Berkeley County who's been working out with their guys can attest to this, but it's just amazing the difference that, you, that the kids seen from the first week we, we started getting them back until now. And you realize you know, these, these kids need to be around, need something to do. They need to be focused. They need to have activities. They need that interaction with each other and with coaches. Uh, because I mean, a lot of them just talk about how they're just so excited to be back around and a lot of doom and gloom there at the beginning, you know, their excitement, but they're just kind of talking about how, you know, their life was going. They, they just sit at home all day and stuff like that. And I'm um, just really excited to get these kids out and feel very fortunate. We've been able to, you know, keep them out and work with them some. Checking in right now over at Stratford High School with their head football coach, Danny McDaniel, as he is talking Stratford 9-2020. Coach, uh, to me, it's been a very – trying time for you coaches with recruiting, with standing communication, when they shut down the schools. A lot of that kind of put things in air. How much interaction did you stay involved with your young athletes over there at Stratford when it came down to the online learning and, and to making sure? Because, again, let's be honest, if they weren't eligible at the end of the year, they weren't playing this year. So there was still a lot of, I guess, skin in the game to make sure that you guys stayed with them. Yeah, uh, very much so. That's the number one concern for us as we, you know, we left. And what we did is, um, as a staff, we kind of had those online meetings with uh, Google Meets and Zoom and stuff like that, staff meeting, and uh, had our co- had our coaches keep tally on their kids. And I, I would send messages to them and check on them, you know, once, you know, try to do it once a week and, you know, uh, talk to them as much as I can. And really, uh, we're very fortunate that we have all of our kids uh, on our power school grading system. We have a class that they're all in uh, so that we can check their grades, you know, daily. And so uh, we would pull up, a, you know, each uh, coach would take a different they take their position group, and we would check in, and I would see, you know, let's say a kid's missing, you know, his assignment, his uh, chapter seven assignment for science, and I'm able to call him, hey, what's going on, you know, with your the science, you know, chapter seven thing, let's get this turned in. I'd email his teacher. You know, we, we stay in constant communication with that because, you know, we do stress the importance of, you know, academics at Stratford. We tell them all the time they're student athlete first and foremost, and that's what we want to really emphasize with those guys. And, um, and I'll tell you now, you know, just like a lot of guys around the state, you know, around our low country, you know, our kids hit a lot of home runs. And they did a really good job with it. You know, it was, I, I know for sure when I was in high school, uh, that distance learning would not have gone very well for me. But, um, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, seeing those guys, you know, understand that, hey, you know, and I told them, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's not ideal what we want to do, but we got to get it done anyways. And uh, we did a pretty good job of it. Checking in right now with Danny McDaniel, the head football coach, Stratford High School, talking nights here. Coach, if I'm not mistaken, six hours ago you released something out, a, a word of positive. Was it you that actually was the, uh, the uh, I guess, that voice or that video that was released? And if so, what was said in that to, uh, I guess, get out to the to the Night Nation? 
Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was a uh, video uh, we did uh, last night. We finally, you know, we obviously the high school league said we can play on the 17th. You know, that's still pending what that ruling is on the uh, 10th. But we're going to go ahead and go as is that we're going to be out there practicing on the 17th. Had a lot of uh, phone calls. Um, you know, with the way we're having to only have limited numbers up there, we really hadn't been able to get in touch with our, our middle school kids, our 7th, 8th grade kids. And, you know, that, that to me, our program, you know, obviously, yes, we're, we're very concerned about varsity and JV, but that B team is definitely where it's at because that's our future, and we try to focus on that a good bit in the summertime as well. And just not being able to have those guys up there just based on numbers alone. Uh, so I wanted to kind of put a message out there uh, because I had a lot of parents, had a lot of questions, a lot of emails, and just try to put it out there, you know, some information for them, uh, what we got to do to get started, and that we are getting started and we, we're going to have some sense of normalcy. I know there were some uh, questions out there whether we're going to do a B-team season or not. You know, we're going to go forward, you know, with our uh, regular schedule, B-team, JV, and uh, varsity, and um, just trying to get a message out there that, hey, you know, there, there is some light in the tunnel. You know, there is at least a date in mind that we are going to play. There is some direction now because for so long there was no direction, you know, and obviously, you know, you know, for reasons why, you know, there was no really no what into what was going on here. So, um, you know, but just trying to get the message out there that there is going to be, you know, season, you know, we're all going to start practice to make sure they have everything, you know, in order. Uh, we're going to have some time frames up there where they can drop paperwork off and pick equipment up and stuff like that. Uh, just so that we can, once, you know, the 17th gets here, we can hit the ball, hit, hit the field rolling. As we're talking right now with the head coach over at Stratford High School, Denny McDaniel, they, of course, play on the Berkeley side of things, and it is a very tough region here in the low country. It's 5A football at its best. Of course, they've got the Creek. Goose Creek is their rival. We had on their head coach uh, um, Sunday, oh, Tuesday night. I'm trying to get my days mixed up here, Coach. And we talked, and we had an opportunity to talk to him about this uh, trophy that you guys got to play for last year. Of course, you'll play for it every year. The mayor of Goose Creek. By the way, he is quite the feisty guy on social media, and I like it. I don't want anybody to think I don't enjoy what he does over there on social media because, to me, that's what mayors should do, get involved in the community, support Goose Creek playing Somerville and Stratford playing Fort Dorchester. But how cool is it, and how could you, you know, back in your day of playing Goose Creek, man, how cool would it have been to have this trophy to add a little bit more to this rivalry between the Creek and Stratford on a Friday night? Uh, it, it's great. It's actually um, whenever – now, I got the job at Stratford, and Coach Wednesday got hired on uh, at uh, Goose Creek. We had a chance to uh, talk to each other at Westview Middle School. We were actually talking to some kids, had a chance to talk and, and stuff, and uh, you know, just talked about how we want to build this rivalry up. You know, we, we want it to be a tremendous rivalry, but we want to be with good sportsmanship and you know, play it the right way. And, and you know, yeah, we want to beat each other, but have fun doing it. Um, we talked about you know this trophy. I said we want to play for something you know like like the Golden Goose or something like that, and then um. Uh, uh, Councilman TCAC, Jerry TCAC, actually talked to the mayor, and the mayor took it and hit the ground running with it. You know, just something Winston and I just kind of talked about. Next thing we know, we're, we uh, have this uh, mayor's cup we play for with our athletic programs against each other, and then the Golden Goose to play for it. And it's pretty cool. You know, I don't know of anything in the area like that. Um, trophy's beautiful. Um, I, I'm going to be really excited to have it. I already got a place picked out in our trophy case this year for it uh, when we get it uh, back this year or win it this year for the first time. Uh, so, um, you, know, it's just, it, you know, it's a good thing to have. It brings you know, a sense of community. And you're right, uh, Mayor Beebe's done a great job of, of bringing some pride to, to all of Goose Creek and, um, you know, kind of uniting, you know, uh, both, both high schools kind of together, uh, striving for excellence. And, um, you know, I just think it's something that's going to be really good down the road uh, for the next uh, several decades to play for. And uh, just really uh, appreciate um, 
Mayor Beaton you know, stepping up and kind of kind of doing that for us and allowing us opportunity to play for a trophy like that. And thankful for the rivalry that, that we're starting to create between us and Goose Creek. No doubt about it. And that game, by the way, if you're looking on your calendar, they'll be playing that one on the ninth day of October. But let's look at this schedule. Man, 9-11, I got a feeling it's going to be a special day for many reasons. Of course, we all know 9-11 is a day we'll never forget. But it's also a day yeah. that Stratford will travel to Somerville to play in a legendary stadium. You've played in this stadium. You've worn this jersey to open up against Somerville as a coach that's played in this rivalry between you and Somerville. And again, this is when you know who's graduated when, when they say, well, no, my number one rival is this or is that. Coach, uh, what does it mean to you to see Somerville right there? Start off the one game and, and then we go to the next week. But to start in Somerville, to you, kind of give us a rundown of your schedule starting off with the, uh, the Green Wave. Yeah, uh, very unusual seeing them on the you know, personal schedule. We normally, you know, we've played them every year since 83, and, um, and normally it's always been either midseason towards the end of the season, actually played them in the playoffs uh, twice. Um, you know, seeing that on that schedule, you know, it's, it, it's kind of, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking, but it's also exciting because it means we've got to, you know, really be focused when we come in and, um, you know, players got to got to got to practice well. They've got to buy in. They got to pay attention. But also, it puts a lot of pressure on our, on our coaching staff. We got to come in and coach our tails off. You know, I know they're going through a transition right there. But uh, you know, Ian Rafferty's coming over there. He he is a Somerville alumni guy, uh, playing for them. He had a great career over there. He's, been, he's done a tremendous job as office coordinator at Fort Dorchester. And um, I know that he's going to come in and steal. You know, what they kind of created over at Fort D, which is you know they're they're one of the elite programs right now. And, um, you know, we're going to have to be ready. And uh, it's exciting to go over there and play there. It's a great – it's a tremendous uh, atmosphere to play in. You know, you don't have a lot of room on that visitor sideline, and, and they like it like that, I think. But um, but uh, it, it's a tremendous – to know the history out there and that oak tree that's in the uh, end zone and in the hill right there and, you know, kicking the extra points over. You know, if you kick it over that net, you know, you got to go find it in elementary school and stuff like that. There's a lot of history over there, and um, it just really uh, – Really excited to get the season started over there. And then um, after we travel over there, we start region play, um, which I know everybody else will start region play, but we were the odd man out and several the odd man out. And that's why we kind of matched up that first week. Uh, but we traveled to Cane Bay uh, to go, you know, take the short ride uh, up to, uh, you know, Cane Bay and, and Coach Zayers, Cobras. And like you mentioned earlier, that option attack, you know, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a different, you know, having to adjust from, you know, what Somerville's going to do to what Cane Bay does, you know, with that flex bone, and they do a great job of it. Uh, we've got to focus in, have another week of tremendous practice, trying to get dialed in on that option stuff. And then um, after we play them, we host our first home game against Wando, you know, new coach over there. Because um, Rocco, you know, I'm sure you know, they're probably going to stay with a lot of the same philosophy that they had at Wando beforehand. And then we travel up to uh, Monk's Corner to go see Berkeley. Uh, you know, obviously Berkeley's – Always, always a good team. Um, be excited to go up there. And then, like you mentioned earlier, uh, we come home October 9th and host Goose Creek uh, and playing for the Golden Goose uh, Trophy. Uh, so that will finish up our region. And then when we're finished with region play, we will travel to Stahl, uh, really um, travel, play over there against Stahl. Coach Bessinger, he's done a tremendous job with those guys last couple of years building up. And then uh, we finish the season at home against West Ashley. Um, you know, Coach Kiefer, New coach coming in over there. Uh, his reputation speaks for itself. What he did at Green Sea Floor and stuff like that. Um, so you know, I know they haven't had a whole lot of time with those guys, but know that West Ash is going to be much improved. And um, you know, we, we feel it's, it's a it's a it's a solid schedule for us. It's a schedule that kind of sets up where you know if we can get some things going early, uh, we might be on a little roll. 
but it, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's going to be a grind you know, each and every week. You know, uh, you know, down here at our two conferences, you know, we 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 play some pretty good football down here and um, against each other, and um, you know, just excited to to get something going here. Live right now, checking in with the one and only Coach Denny McDaniel from Stratford High School. As uh, we look forward to having a long relationship with him here, not only this season but many seasons going forward. As uh, we're putting together uh, something to have him on on a regular basis, along with all of our coaches here in the Low Country, and of course we'll get some visits from the outside on a Saturday show morning, hopefully coming up in the season. Now that being said, Coach, let me ask you as a coach when you when you heard the news that they're going to take the top two in the region. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But when you look at that and you see Somerville to open, West Ashley to close, and like you mentioned, these are two Berkeley, Dorchester with some Charleston County schools in each of them, but it's almost like an SEC, ACC type rivalry between the two and an interstate that divides it down the middle. But realistically, the region games are the biggest games. I mean, more now than ever, right, yep. Coach? Because there's not, not large bids. Yeah, there's no more point system. I mean, it's it's you, it's all about region play. It's about where you finish out that region. You know, if you don't finish in the top two, you don't go to playoffs. And um, and I I I'm not sure if it, they is it the top two or they say just region champions right now. Well, I heard it was two. Eugene, you can chime in a little bit here because I know you've been uh, eyeballing and stalking the uh, the high school league for us on Southern Sports Central. But isn't that what we heard that it's the top two, Eugene? I did hear it was the top two. They said that it's also okay. there's because there's also depending on certain certain regions. Certain regions only have four teams. Uh, certain regions have six. So it's actually mm-hmm. going to be uh, similar to you know I think last year two uh, A ball has a team in uh, a region in Columbia that actually gets split for one goes north and one some of them come south. So uh, yeah. I, I, I do know that they said specifically that it also depends on the region because some are four and some are six. Gotcha. Yeah, go okay. That, well, that makes, I mean, that makes total sense about it. You know, the uh, split regions in those uh, smaller regions have region only four teams in it. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, so th- again, Coach, I just wanted to thank you for the opportunity. I sent you a text yesterday about uh, allowing me to train uh, Matthew for you. I was going to ask you, man. Uh, I don't know what y'all have in the water over there, but you've got to have the biggest kicker in the state of South Carolina. <laughs> that I'm kid, saying that. I, that kid I, I've, is I've a monster. Him, I have asked him. Several times, man, just see if you can put your hand on the ground. Let's just see if you can put your hand on the ground how it feels, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, you know, I'm really glad. You know, he, he came out last year, and we just couldn't work it out with his, uh, his club uh, soccer team. And, um, you know, in, in these day and times, I'm not real smart. You know, kickers is a skill set that you just got to have. And um, I, I work with those guys and, and, and around their schedule, like that. And Matthew uh, told me that he was definitely wanting to play this year. And uh, I got his phone somewhere in time. He's uh, yeah. definitely wanted to play this year. Sorry, right here by the airport. Uh, you know, he wanted to play this year, and he's been coming out. And, um, you know, and uh, Coach Bills, uh, we gave them some kind of balls to go work on their own, and he's been, you know, going to you and some of that. And um, you know, we're just excited about him to come in. You know, that that kickoff, man, you know, if you if you put it in the end zone, you ain't going to worry about covering it. So that's what, you know, you know, it's good to have a big kicker like that that's got a strong leg and only be a sophomore. You know, we're really excited for his future with, with us. Yeah, no doubt, and he actually works out with me for about three hours a week. And uh, you know, I always put him in. Last week, I told him, I said, "Man, you got to hit this end zone. You got to hit this end zone." I kept making him do it over and over and over again. You could tell he was getting tired because, you know, when, when I mentioned, I know Richie hasn't seen him. When I mentioned his size, he's about six one, 
probably about 250, 255. You know, he's a very big boy. He's got very big legs. But, you know, what I'm constantly fussing at him at is getting those big hips around. Because he can get his shoulders mm-hmm. around, but he can't get those big hips around, you know, all the time. So that's what we're constantly working on is getting those, swinging those big hips, man. But, uh, yeah, he's yeah. definitely been putting in the work. And, uh, you know, I know he's excited for it. You know, we're, we're trying to work on some accuracies and getting them fine-tuned and things like that to uh, have a good season for you. I told him, I said, man, the, be- the greatest feeling you're ever going to have is when you put that first one over the bar and through the upright. The worst feeling you're ever going to have is if you miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I definitely appreciate the opportunity, man. I'm glad you guys trust me to do that for you, man. I've enjoyed yeah. working with him and working with Adam. Uh, I know Adam's uh, currently doing some other things. I think he also got a job this summer. But, um, you know, yeah. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to hopefully coming out and seeing you guys play. I always like to go around and, and see my guys when they, when they put on the jersey and the helmet and go out there and work on their craft with their teammates and uh Anyway, uh, I'm just blessed for that opportunity, and I'm going to turn you back over to Richie, Coach. All right. Appreciate what you're doing with him. All right, so we're live right now with uh, head coach Denny McDaniel, Stratford High School, looking at the season, and it is going to be quite the gauntlet, but that's nothing unnormal for this side of the world. We don't get a lot of love down here in the uh, lower state, but that's all right. We'll, we'll get what we got, and we'll keep getting after it as uh, Coach. I want to tell you this. We look forward to having you on as much as you can give us, as much as, of course, uh, the boss lady there at the house lets you come in here and hang out with us. But I'll catch up with you off the air because I am working on doing something on a Saturday morning that I'd like to have a recap of. uh, Again, I want to take this season and put an asterisk by it, Coach, because it's going to be an epic season, a season that, unlike any other, it may be a shorter schedule, but I think we can do a lot of things with our help here on Southern Sports Central to make it bigger than it's ever been because you take the small things and blow them up even bigger, Coach. Uh, Rich, I totally agree with you on that. I think it's going to show the resiliency that we have down here in the Low Country, uh, you know, in this in this great sport of high school football that we play. And uh, I just want to say I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. I know we've been trying to get this thing scheduled now here, it seems like, for, for a couple of months, but I really enjoyed the opportunity. And I really just want to thank you for what you're doing. Uh, for high school sports, you know, guys like you and uh, Rob Gant, the Goose Creek Gazette, and David Shelton for the Post and Courier, man, y'all, y'all do a great job of covering high school sports and um, and just recognizing these kids for the hard work they put in. And we really we really do appreciate it as, as coaches and um, and just and appreciate working with y'all and, and the stuff y'all do for us. Well, Coach, that means more to me than anything to hear it from the coaches, <laughs> the guys that, of course, uh, you know, you sit back and, and again, see what we do, and, and you and I, again, we've worked on this, but now, guess what? Hey, I got your phone number, so that, that was the first biggest thing. <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> the next is the address, man. If I got to come broadcast live in your living room, then that's what we'll do, but, uh, of course, uh, hey, we appreciate uh, you, man. We look forward to it. I tell you, what, we might have to do a remote market. I'm down here at Park Circle. We can go down here and hang down, you know, one of those places down there and get this thing going, man. And that's where Eugene lives. That's, that's down there at the other house there, man. Eugene's killing it down there, so he's He's not too far behind you, Coach. Keep looking over your shoulder. You might see Eugene rolling up on you any minute there, Coach. Thanks uh, right. for the time tonight. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Richie, man. Uh, <laughs> can't wait till the next time. Right. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. Coach Denny McDaniel comes in here all the way from Stratford High School. We finally get the night of the round table at the big table here with us on Southern Sports Central. Now we got a little of a bus ride. We're heading to Connecticut. I did say Connecticut. This young man played his days up around Rock Hill. He's coached at Sockacy, Conway, York. And now he's up in the up, I would say, Connecticut 
as he's up there at Norwich Free Academy. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll lock in with the one and only Coach Stephen Burrs right after this. Stands the glass that will ease all my pain, that will settle my brain. It's my first one to take. Everybody, I'm Rich Yelman here alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live from the studios right here in the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios, Somerville, South Carolina on Southern Sports Central, a Thursday night show. And usually this is the last show of the week, but oh, it's not even close. We got one big one tomorrow. We're going to have dudes from Virginia, North Carolina, 
South Carolina, Georgia, Texas. We got them all coming by the microphone at some point tomorrow. Eugene, we'll rest well tonight, brother, because we got a lot of work tomorrow. I hope you're hydrated, if you will. Again, uh, it's going to be a big one as we're heading over to the Carolina Exposure Camp in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's tomorrow. It kicks off at 10 o'clock, and each position is being brought in, in the, well, in, in their own time frame. But guess what? We're bringing it in early. We're staying late, and we're going to cover it from the beginning to the end. Now let's go back to the hotlines as we're going to give some love to Somerville signs here tonight. If you're looking to get some signs made here in the low country, check out one of the best at the job that they do. You can reach out to them at 843-779-5853. And as we head to the hotlines, we'll check in with the coach Burris, who's coming to us from Connecticut. What's up, coach? How we doing, man? We're good, man. Getting you at least some love back in the state that raised you, that took you in, that taught you what you knew before we sent you to the cold upside of the world in Connecticut up there, at, <laughs> I believe in the Norwich Free Academy. Man, what was in the world were you thinking? They got winter up there, bro. We don't do winter in the South. Hey, it's real winter, man. I had to, my first purchase when I got up here, I had to buy a coat. I didn't care how much that thing cost. I went and got it, and uh, I didn't look back. And I got some boots and scarves and gloves, you name it. I'm ready to roll, man. <laughs> man, I tell you what, it is without doubt uh, good to get you in here and, and, and doing some research and having a conversation. Little did I know, of course, you grew up there at Rock Hill. You went to Northwestern. Is that right, Coach? That's it. Purple and gold. North. Yeah, there you go. So, before we talk about your high school days and, and some of the other stuff, your coaching, your resume, very impressive, by the way. You spent some time in my alumni at Sacasee. You also spent time in my rival, Conway. That had to be an interesting transition. You went to York, and I think at some point in time, that's what lands you in Connecticut. But before we hit coaching, let's go backwards. Let's go back to Rock Hill. Give me the time, the place, some of the dudes you played with that were quite ballers, and uh, we'll kind of carry the conversation going forward. Okay, well, um, yeah, growing up in Rock Hill, man, football kind of becomes a part of, of who you are. Uh, I was lucky. I grew up around and got to see a lot of great players growing up. You know, when I was really young, you saw Jeff Burris, uh, Dee Feaster, who went to Notre Dame and Florida State, respectively. Then I had a cousin that ended up went to uh, Florida State, Chris Holt. And then when I got to high school, you know, we had Jonathan Joseph was one of my teammates who's now with the Houston Texans, and I think he's entering like year 15. So he's been around for a while. And, you know, as I graduated, it really took off. You got guys like Clowney and Gilmore and, you know, DK's now at Clemson. So it's, it's a very good time to be, you know, from Rock Hill. And we're very proud of the, the product that the guys have been able to put out on the field and the way they've represented our community. Live right now is we're in the upstate of, well, Connecticut, I guess. There, Where is, by the way, give me the geographics for those who know Connecticut, by the way, home of ESPN, the home office up there where you are. Uh, where is Norwich Free Academy on the map as far as it goes, Coach? All right, so Norwich Free Academy is in the, the southeastern portion of the state. Uh, it's about an hour south of Providence, Rhode Island and about an hour, uh, 40 minutes to the east of Hartford, Connecticut. So it, it's kind of, it's not in the central part of the state where Hartford is. So Bristol and Hartford are kind of close in that area. So it's more, probably like I say, about 40 minutes outside of Bristol. They call it the quiet corner up here. 
Quiet corner, yeah. They also probably say it's one of the coldest corners too. By the way, man, I still, man. I'm still, I'm still chilly sitting here thinking about it because, you know, I, I just couldn't. I mean, one of my first opportunities, I was in eighth grade. I got an opportunity uh, to go up to Central Michigan. It was the first school to ever recruit me, as far as sending me something. And back then, things were a little different. I remember I went to the mailbox, and here was a Central Michigan Chickawa hat, and it's a, uh, it, it's a, a red garnet red with a yellow in the front so I said well let me go see what this school looks like and I was like nope you got to wear shoes you got to wear a jacket and I'm not doing it <laughs> it was a beautiful place no doubt about it coach but but let's compare a little bit so you've coached here in the high school level you've coached out yep. here in South Carolina you've, you've seen a lot of things what's the difference on a Friday night down here in the south compared to that northeast on a Friday night is it is it the hype down here in the south or is it just uh I guess an underestimated northern side that has a lot of really loud and proud football fans on a Friday night. There's definitely some loud and proud places in the state of Connecticut. I'd say overall, it's just a different culture down south. Um, the stadiums, the, the attendance, the, the build up the games, the support that the community generates is it's a lot different. Uh, the kids are kids. You know, they all love the game. They want to play it. They you know, coaches coach as hard as possible. But overall, from the time you're, you know, six or seven years old, you can pick up a ball and put on some pads down south. You can't wait for the day that you kind of get to go into your high school stadium and put on that uniform and that helmet and represent your community. And the entire community kind of gets behind you on a Friday night in small towns all across the state of South Carolina. Things kind of shut down to go see your team play. And, uh, you know, it's not as much of that up here. Um, There are pockets, like I said, but overall, just the – the intensity of a Friday night is much different um, up here than it is down south. We're live right now in the uh, bright lights of Connecticut, up there in the quiet corner, if you will, at a school that we are checking in for the first time at Norwich Free Academy. We're excited to uh, talk to uh, Coach Burroughs. By the way, Coach, uh, you're getting some love on Twitter. I want to give it to you real quick. Out of uh, a coach over there at Goose Creek checks in, says, uh, great coach, better dude, glad to call Coach Burris a friend. And uh, that, of course, is Coach Brady Baggett. I had a chance to meet him and his family over at Moe's uh, a couple weeks ago, man. What's the latest? Hey, was it York? Is that the connection between you guys? Yeah, I work with the Baggett guys at York, man. They're great people. I learned a lot from them. Uh, we still stay in contact. And, uh, it was a great time that we had working at York. I think we were there for uh, three years together. Love those guys. I'll tell you what, man, you got a great, great, great group of guys who keep sending me instant messages saying, this is the dude, man. I'll tell you what, they better love on you up there in Connecticut because sounds like you always can come back home, no doubt. Uh, Coach, now let's talk to football over there with you guys over there at Norwich Free Academy. Uh, last year, what was it like last year? Kind of give us a rundown uh, what style of play and I see academy, does that put you guys in, in a private school or are you all in public school? Kind of give me the layout, the demographics of uh, your football program. Okay. Well, our school is uh, 2,500 kids. We are a semi-private school. So the kids that are in town, in the town of Norwich, can come free of charge. And then that allows kids from outside the town to pay a tuition. And, you know, there's various ways to help and go about doing that but they are able to come in from out of town. So our, our student enrollment is 2,500. Um, last year, we um, 
we we struggled a little bit early on with some injuries to the quarterback position. We we run a open, wide open air raid offense, and so you know you kind of need that guy at quarterback to be your guy. And we lost our our starter after two weeks. Um, entering our third game, I'm sorry, he he threw for 497 yards in game two. We were you know riding high two and zero, and we went in and played the number five team in the state, and they laid it on us after he went down. We were able to recover. We lost a second-string quarterback in the fourth game, and we were down to our third-string guy, who was our JV starter. So we brought him up. We were able to get it back together. We won four in a row, and we made the playoffs at uh, seven and three. And we were, you know, our, our reward for making the playoffs was a road trip to the number one team in the uh, playoffs, which was Newtown, who, if you've seen anything about their story on uh, ESPN and the ESPYs, they were nominated for the player of the year. They ended up winning the state championship this year. But a lot of those kids on that team were involved in the, you know, Sandy Hook shooting um, years ago. Um, so it was, you know, I, I hated that we lost to them. But, you know, if you got to lose to somebody, you want to lose to the champion. And they definitely deserved it. Um, but overall, I mean, it, we've got a very good program. Ran by our head coach, Jason Bakulis. He's entering his fourth year this year. And, uh, you know, our, our attendance is up, our participation numbers are up, and everybody's excited. We're just hoping for a season this year. Checking in up there in Connecticut with uh, one of our own. We've sent, of course, uh, the young man from Rock Hill, South Carolina. Not only do they put football players in and around the country, boy, oh, boy, they're putting coaches now. They're, they're shipping coaches <laughs> out of that area. Man, I tell you what, what a hot area code that place is. I mean, that zip code is a uh, – is a is a hotbed for uh, athletic talent as we've seen so many great players in here. A great coach doing some great things and representing the state of South Carolina in fashion, brother. Glad to get you in here, Coach. By the way, COVID nineteen it is a big deal. I don't like to use that word, and, and I actually have to put a dollar in the pot here because that's kind of the thing here tonight. But <laughs> that being said, it, it's still a thing, right? We're still dealing with it. How has it hit? It seems like the Northeast has done a better job than a lot of other places have done it regionally. Where are you guys at with it? How have you guys been practicing with it? And I know you keep up with your dudes down here in South Carolina. What's the comparison between the two and what you guys can do? Um, so, in, you know, initially our cases were, were very high. We were about an hour and a half to hour 45 away from New York City. So we were on high alert when this thing first started out. I think it kind of it helped and it escalated how serious things were for us. Um, so when, when things went to lockdown, we didn't hesitate up here. Um, and so we were inside for the better part of probably four months now, and things slowly started to open, and we were actually able to start our, our training with our kids about three weeks ago now uh, with the phase one. We've got different cohorts where we've got, you know, groups of eight to ten kids, and we've got, you know, three or four different workout stations throughout the day, um, times throughout the day where they can come in and they can get their work in. And we stay spread out, you know, they wear the mask and we take temperatures and we do all these things just so we can have the ability to train for that hour. And, uh, you know, we encourage the kids to do everything they can in their power to to stay out of harm's way so that we, we do have hopes for a season. And right now it's going well. We haven't had any cases. We haven't had any problems um, with our program. And our kids, like I said, they'll do whatever they have to do to get a season. So we remain hopeful right now. We're just waiting on word from our, um, they call it the CIAC up here. Uh, it was the equivalent to the, the high school league down south. But we're, we're remaining hopeful, and I do stay in contact with the guys, you know, at home, and and it's completely different. You know, I talk to my family all the time, and, you know, restaurants are wide open, whereas up here it's still, I think they're at 
um, where you can go in and dine in. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a world of difference, north and south. Every time I call home, I can't really believe it. Yeah, neither could I, Coach, because I'm going to tell you something. Attitude reflects leadership, and man, oh, man, oh, man. I tell you, it, you know, and that's the thing that, that I really struggled the most in. I didn't want to get into it, but I got to do it, Eugene. So here's five dollars. <laughs> so that being, we're opening up movie theaters. We're opening up exotic places. We're opening up places. I'm thinking, why are we opening up these places when I can't even visit the governor's mansion? I can't come to your house. Why are you letting everybody roam around? If you're that serious about this situation, why are we still doing what we're doing? That that's kind of the thing for me. And, and again, you guys up north, leading by example. Again. I get New York City, you had a high number. Well, guess what? You got a lot of people walking, not a lot of people driving. So, so again, a lot of people up close, very compacted areas. But you heard it right here, guys. In Connecticut, they went in lockdown. And I'm imagining, just by closing my eyes and visualizing this one, Coach, is that when you walked out, you had to introduce yourself to the sun, kind of like you've been in hibernation for a few months. Or maybe it's like the walking dead. But you look around, you're thinking, oh, my God, there's nobody here. But you did it that way. But guess what? You get to play possibly today or tomorrow. You got a lot better chance than some of these other places, i.e. the South, the Southeast, because we are destinations. We are a a vacation, if you will. And, again, you know, just to hear what you had to say, it kind of touched a nerve for me because that's what I said. You know, we had a leader down here saying it's a get to this place and then you're at that place stay at your place type of order, which means absolutely nothing, by the way. And then everybody, I don't know if you know this, in the state of South Carolina is an essential worker. <laughs> My thing is if you can't spell essential, then you're not essential. you got to at least be able to spell essential, and we'll go from there, right? But uh, that's enough for that's the uh, political talk and the COVID talk. But, yeah, you nailed it right on the head. And, and, and again, it, it just baffles me, Coach, that hearing how y'all did it and how you're doing it, 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 it's something that a lot of us have said, please, for the love of God, let's do it this way. And it never got done that way, and, and yet here we are. And, and again, we'll, we'll wait and see what the, what, what the numbers come up because, you know, there is a thing called Labor Day. We're all fear. I mean, you're talking about a, a, a date on the calendar on the 7th yes, of sir. September here in South Carolina where I'm from Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, Beaufort, Charleston County. These – Charleston, excuse me, downtown, Mount Pleasant. These are places that people from Ohio – and North Carolina come to just let it all hang out, and whether it be COVID or their hair or whatever. They don't care. They just come and do what they do, right? <laughs> That's it. I mean, living in Myrtle Beach for, I think, about 12 years, I mean, I, I can attest to it as well. You know, 501 is a parking lot, and you, you try to mm-hmm. avoid the crowds. You go to the local spots and try to stay away from everybody that's coming in town. But, yeah, it's a definitely a date to circle. Um so hopefully everything goes right and, you know, everybody gets to enjoy a little fall football. Let's talk to fall football up there with you guys. We're live right now with the OC. I believe you worked a quarterback too as well, Coach uh, Stephen Burns, joining us now from Connecticut. And uh, he's born and raised in the state of South Carolina, one of those Rock Hill thrills. I'm telling you, coaches are coming out of the hotline over there as well as players. But, Coach, uh, give me some big names. Give Eugene some, some Twitter feed, something we can put out and a couple of your guys that we need to watch for, that they could possibly be a guy that you could hear at one of the big schools or maybe a smaller school doing big things? Yeah, uh, in our senior class right now, we've got um, – well, he's coming up. I think he'll he'll end up being on the map pretty soon. His name is Joe Click. 
He's a 6'2", 280-pound lineman, but he is probably one of the most athletic kids I've been around. Um, he sent me a video the other day of him dunking the basketball, and I don't know if you've ever seen a guy 280, 285 pounds dunk, but it's an impressive feat, and it's an, imp- an impressive sight when you see it. Um, we've got some alumni. Uh, Matt Shaughnessy played in the NFL for a while. He's from our, our school. Uh, Tuzar Skipper is currently with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, you know, it's a rich history. We had uh, Marcus Lattimore played at Coastal Carolina a couple years ago. Uh, he, uh, he transferred there from Boston College. So we've got some guys that have come through, and there's a tradition at the school of, you know, sending kids off to school. We've got 12 kids right now that I believe will be playing at a school uh, next football season um, that were current graduates. So very, very excited about what's going going on with our program. And, and you know, as much as we can, we'll, we'll get our guys going and get them to that next level. Now, of course, he mentioned uh, – did you say Marcus Lattimore, by the way? Because I know everybody just said, what, what, Coastal, what? <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Outlaw. Marcus Outlaw. Outlaw. Gotcha. Outlaw. gotcha. Sorry, we hear Marcus out here. We think Lattimore. But, uh, Coach, uh, sure. I do want to say this. Uh, we appreciate everything that you do in representing the state of South Carolina, representing your hometown up there in uh, Rock Hill. And, of course, every school that you've come in contact with, Sockasy, my alumni, Conway, my rival, and, of course, uh, York, where you seem to have some fans, dude. You're doing it. You're doing it big as you're getting a lot of love on social media. But, <laughs> I want to do this more often. If you can try to check in with us once a week, kind of get us a few of your dudes, let's interview them, let's give them a process. And, and, and the reason I like having your athletes on here, Coach, is because whether they go play college football or pro football or any other thing that they decide to get into, they're going to have to have a conversation, be it an interview, if you will, at their job. This gives them the chance to do that and gives them also an opportunity for us to get to know who they are, who they are, where they come from, and their passion. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're talking college, whether it be at sporting or academics, but nevertheless, furthering that education. So they give us a chance to kind of get to know them because we watch them on TVs, or at least up there you guys watch them and you read about them. But this this gives them some airtime. This gives them a voice and gives them a purpose. And definitely I know they get excited to come on and talk some stuff on radio. Absolutely. And I think what you're doing is phenomenal, man. And to have the opportunity to speak to you and, you know, to – open up that door for our kids to come on and do some of the same things. It only benefit everybody. So I want to thank you for having me on and thank you for opening the window to allow some of our kids to possibly be on in the future. Hey, not a possibility, man. It's the reality, brother. You just got to send me the names and you already got the number, man. So just hit it up and we'll talk over the weekend. I'm going to reach out to you, but anything we can do for you down here, please don't hesitate, man. Your family, we appreciate it. We're proud of you. Thanks for representing the Palmetto State up there. In the uh, cold, shivery, just, oof, I'm cold just thinking about it, man. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I'm going to let you go, man. Thanks for everything you do, buddy. We'll talk soon, Coach. Uh, again, how do we find you on social media? How do these guys catch up with the legendary, of course, uh, offensive coordinator up there, Stephen Burris? I am on Twitter at Coach underscore Burris, B-U-R-R-I-S. Um, hit me up. I'd be happy to talk with anybody. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. God bless you, your family. Stay safe. You guys are doing a great job staying distant. That's why you're going to be playing some football in a couple of weeks. But other than that, man, uh, when you get back down to this area, come to Charleston or let me know if you're at the beach or wherever. We'll cook up and grab something to eat, my friend. Thanks for everything. That is a deal. I heard they got a good uh, hot dog place down there in some of it I've never had before. So I'm holding you to that one. 
Hey, I got you a couple hot spots, brother. We head anywhere from Charleston to Mount Pleasant to North Charleston, you name it, man. Just let me know, but we'll see you soon, Coach. Thank you. Good deal. All right, guys, there you go, all the way in Connecticut. Check that out. Eugene, I'm going to bring you in for a couple minutes because uh, we'll run to about 7.59. Well, we'll get in here next coming in. Uh, we'll take the bus. It's going to take a little while to go from Connecticut to Columbia over there to uh, Richland Northeast, but their head football coach, uh, Coach Williams, is going to join us here in just a minute. But if you didn't see Twitter, we added another guest coming on at 8.30, LaVon Kirkland, played in the league, coached in the league, played for the Clemson Tigers. He is now the vice president with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. He's going to actually join us at 8.30 because he put a good question on Facebook, and that is, what are the thoughts around the state of South Carolina with the Gamecocks not playing first time in so many years? Well, maybe Eugene's, uh, he might be tweeting away over there, so we'll kind of uh, get with him as he, uh, again, hey, I'm here, uh, man. just trying to get him. Oh, there we go. We got him. Your thoughts on that, that Eugene? Yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to LeVon. I didn't catch what the end of, you know, what you said at the end, for some reason, the feed cut um, on, on the uh, mic here. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. You know, you go through it when I was going through his uh, playing history from Lamar, South Carolina, to Clemson, to, you know, he, he the Steelers and, was it, 11 years, I think he has put down on his on his resume uh, with the Steelers. But uh, I didn't I didn't quite hear what you said about the Facebook post. Well, he basically – he made the comment. He asked the question, you know, people's thoughts, people's opinions about South Carolina not playing uh, Clemson this year. And, again, I know a lot of Clemson fans are using this opportunity to post the chicken, if you will. I'd say post the bear, but they're the, the Gamecocks, of course. You know, but, but for me, South Carolina, look, it's not like they're not going to play steady competition, okay? Let's just be honest. Their strength and schedule, it might have got even tougher, to be honest with you. I agree, man, and that you know the Clemson fans. I'm not a Clemson hater, but you know they can choke the chicken all they want to do and and make fun of the Gamecock <laughs> fans or whatever. But you know, it it is what it is. You know, it's not like University of South Carolina could call up the commissioner of the SEC and say, "Hey, man, we really don't want to play these guys. Could you please put us at a ten game SEC schedule?" We all know that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, it's, so it's not like they they purposely tried to duck playing Clemson. We probably know the outcome of that game if they had they played Clemson. You know, perhaps they'll get a chance to play maybe a, a down Ole Miss or Arkansas team instead and pick up a win that they wouldn't have normally had uh, playing that Clemson game. But, you know, and so much of it, though, is just about the state, and that's what stinks about it, is that with one of the teams is going to host, and it's going to be in the state of South Carolina. It's a lot of fanfare, a lot of money, a lot of tradition, a lot of uh, eyes in the TV sets. And it's a great opportunity to feature the state of South Carolina. You know, you get so many stories of, you know, cousins. and I mean, look at the cousins when the Ellingtons played each other, you know. And so you kind of had that. And there have been other family members. One was on Carolina, one was on Clemson. And you're just not going to have that. And it's uh, – you know, I saw that the Oregon dropped the uh, the quote. You know, the name of their game, which was the Civil War. Um, you know, but and it was in a sense, other than one skirmish on the field. It's always been, you know, it's just it's more about the water coolers than it is about the other stuff about this game, man. Because everybody knows in this at this game, you get the water cooler brag talk for a year, and uh, it's it's, it's going to be a very strange year uh, not having that game. 
Yeah, no doubt. And I can tell you this, being a guy who played, you know, in South Carolina and, and, and having the opportunity, some of the guys that uh, really, you know, the guys that I really got a chance to talk to, some of my close buddies actually played at Clemson. You know, we would we would work out during the off season. We would have conversations during the season. Now, of course, the weekend series where we didn't like each other, I mean, that was just, you know, three days or whatever. But after that, it was like, hey, whatever, dude. And it wasn't that we didn't like each other. We still poked fun and had some fun. But, you know, it was a battle. It was a grind. It was the same, whether it be the weekend of the Clemson Tigers or, or the weekend of the Georgia Bulldogs or the weekend of whoever. Whoever was on the schedule during that time, they, that was our enemy. And, again, like you said, Eugene, there's more of a fuss and a hustle and bustle between the the, the fans a lot more than it is, of course, uh, those others. So we do have to take a break. We're going to come back at some point, hopefully soon, we'll catch up with uh, the head coach from Richland Northeast. Coach Richard Williams is going to check in here with us in just a few. He'll get a, give us an update. Give us a rundown because if you uh, are tuning in just right now, Monday they get back at it in the Midlands, in the upstate, and down here in the low country to the Grand Strand. Everybody gets a chance, and I'm saying there's a chance to compete. We'll get that and much more. You're listening to Southern Sports Central Hour 2. Over. Done. Here comes Hour 3. Watch out. And welcome back, everybody, to the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios. I'm Rich Yeltsin coming to you live from Somerville, South Carolina, with Eugene Benton as we uh, get you ready for the final hour. Three on the way as this segment brought to you by Gurns Pharmacy, located at 140 South Main Street in downtown Somerville. You can find them on the web at GurnsPharmacy.com. You can find them on the phone at 843 Three, one. Now, they are the oldest independent pharmacy in the great state of South Carolina. Of course, they got all your pharmaceutical needs, but they also got, if you're a little bit older, you remember Granny always had those little knickknacks in the house, the cool candy and all the weird stuff. They got that stuff. They got all that stuff. And then on the other side of it, they've also got one of the best hot dogs in town with the chili and the works. They've got the ice cream. They got the Cokes in the glass bottle, which, oh, by the way, Eugene, I've broken up with soda once again this is my 50th time this year having this conversation but nevertheless they got it all over there at Gurns Pharmacy make sure you stop by drop by and let them know you heard about them right here on Southern Sports Central we're waiting to check in with Coach Richardson here in just a few but uh, I know he had some things he was trying to wrap up before we got him on the air with us but uh, great interview by not one but two coaches one of those is Denny McDaniels from Stratford joined us and then uh, Stephen Burroughs Checked all the way in from uh, Norwich Free Academy, and uh, that's up in Connecticut. It doesn't sound familiar. Well, it shouldn't sound familiar because it's in the up country. I must be want to say upstate, but uh, two great guys with two great interviews there, Eugene. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I actually have family out there um, in Connecticut. I actually spent my 21st birthday. I, I should have asked him if he's ever been to the uh, Foxwoods Casino. It's a pretty, pretty big sporting uh, casino up there. Um, it's fun times, man. Um, you know, and, and, and like what you said about the cold, he's actually on the side of the state that just gets hammered. 
So it's probably, you know, I, I, I was curious as to how he, uh, you know, if we get into a discussion of acclimatization, you know, he's probably got the reverse where he's got kids that then again, they grew up there, but still, you know, trying to play in that cold has got to be something else. I remember a story that um, one of the coaches was saying, uh, I believe it was Spurrier, once he started coaching in the uh, that new league that just went defunct, and uh, they had games in the spring, and they had a game out in Utah. <laughs> he says, told the guys, you know, we're going to go. It's going to be cold. Probably not going to throw the ball. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'd be curious as to uh, what Coach Burris, next time we get him on, we'll have to ask him about, you know, some of the differences and um, maybe how he coaches and, and calls plays uh, with that type of temperature as compared to South Carolina. But, um, yeah, you know, mean, and, and back to the rivalry you... thing, man, I just realized right. that, my gator, my Gators aren't going to have their annual beat up of Florida State. This really sucks. <laughs> you kind of summed it up. I think you summed it up as much as anybody that that would look at these rivalries, that would look at these games. I mean, think about it. There will be no Louisville, Kentucky. There will be no Florida State, Florida. There will be no South Carolina, Clemson. I mean, yeah, there is going to be some new. I guess taste to the world of college football when you when you look at it, Eugene. Because again, you 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 put everything in order, and that's a big game because it's a stake within the game. I mean, it's not like, and I hate to say Alabama Auburn, who by the way they get to keep that rivalry because they're within the same confines of uh, the SEC. They also battle within the state, and there, there's always been that question. But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. We do now, oh, by the way, we're going to head over to the hotlines because we're driving up now to uh, Richland Northeast where we're checking in for the first time, and it's going to be of many times as we are live now with uh, the head football coach, Coach Richard Wilson, joins us now from Richland Northeast. What's up, Coach? Amar, how you guys doing tonight? We're wonderful. I know you've been busy this afternoon, so we want to, first of all, say thanks for the time tonight, Coach, uh, for hanging out with us and introducing us to yourself, your team, and uh, this new season coming up. Oh, yeah, man. Definitely appreciate the opportunity, man. You guys give me to talk about my program. Thanks to you guys for that. Appreciate that. As we're live right now, of course, uh, checking in, having at it here in the uh, of course, the Midlands as uh, Coach William Richardson joins us now, checking in with Richland Northeast. Coach, uh, first of all, you guys haven't been getting after it because of the COVID-19, but we're releasing you guys, it looks like, Monday to get into the 1.5. What's your thoughts uh, as far as getting back after it? And I can only imagine that uh, any football is better than the football that we haven't been playing, Coach. Yeah, man, um, you know, just, just excited, really, man, more so to see the kids, man. It's, uh, usually, you know, this is grind time during the summer for us, but I'm just glad to see my kids, um, you know, and, and see them and talk to them, man. I wish I could hug them, but I know that <laughs> unfortunately won't be able to do that, but just excited about seeing them and kind of being able to talk to them and catch up with those guys who I've been able, haven't been able to catch all summer long. We're right there in the Midlands, in the heart of the state, the capital, if you will, in Columbia. As we're live with Coach William Richardson, joins us here from Richland Northeast. He played his ball, by the way, in Sumter. He's a Sumter, I believe, a Gamecock in his uh, days yes, of uh, those Friday night lights there, Coach. Uh, so, so let's talk a little bit. Introduce yourself to us and, of course, our listening base uh, Yeah, your history from your days as a Sumter Gamecock all the way up to the days here tonight where you're the head coach up there at Richland Northeast. Uh, yeah, so um, graduated from Sumter High School in 2004. 
um, was a state champion uh, runner-up in 03. We lost to Gaffney on, um, you know, a goal line stand, pretty much basically a Friday night-like situation, man. Uh, every time I watch that movie, I, <laughs> I feel his pain. Um, and then uh, from 04 to 08, I, I was at Coastal, played quarterback there. I started in uh, the 06 season. And uh, from there, uh, once I graduated, I played a little arena ball down in Columbus, Georgia. Then I got into uh, education, coaching, and teaching um, from the, uh, from that point up to this point where I'm at right now. Checking in right now at Richland Northeast with the head coach, Coach William Richardson, joins us here. Of course, uh, getting after the uh, season, of course, we're always excited to catch up with the coaches, the guys who put in all the work, give us all the energy on and off the field. Coach, uh, w- when you look at the season from last year, kind of uh, give us a breakdown of, of what went through last year and, and what you're bringing back this year. Um, you know, last year obviously was a tough year, man, um, in, in terms of wins and losses. But I think, and I'm not a more victories guy, but uh, I, I, I just based on the feedback that I got from my administration and um, excuse me, and the players and parents of the community, man, I know we're moving in the right direction. Um, last year was kind of tough. We didn't win the game, um, but we, we we were more competitive. Um, what they had been in, in previous few years from what I understand, man. So it was – I got the job late in April, came in, uh, didn't get my full 20 days of spring practice in May, man. I was driving down every weekend, and we were practicing on the weekend. So, I mean, as far as my kids, man, and my parents, I'm appreciative for that because, I mean, I had kids that they, they came on Saturday and Sunday to practice, so I couldn't complain about that. But, um, you know, again, you know, process – Oh, progress is a process a lot of times, so we just trust in the process. And I'm looking forward to the guys that we got returning, just having been in the program for a year and to kind of understand the expectations. Um, so we're looking to improve, obviously. Um, no idea what's going to happen with the virus right now. Um, that kind of hindered that. But, you know, the, the work is the work. It doesn't change. Everybody's coming back, basically. Almost didn't even feel it, it, it uh, in Richland too. Anyway, you know nobody's been practicing, so so it's just um, been that been that way. And uh, you know we just got to play the hand we're dealt. That's all. So we're just gonna keep grinding. Looking forward to Monday. No doubt about it, Coach. You're working to September 11th, where you open up with a team that you oh know so well. Even in the days it seems like when we were growing up playing the game, Irmo, boy, they've always had some ballers. That's week one. Yeah. September 11th. It's going to yep. be a big day for multiple reasons, but here in the state of South Carolina, it's going to be the kickoff of Friday night. Uh, it looks like you're home against a team that uh, looks to have a pretty, uh, pretty heavy group of guys coming over. But uh, it, would this be a rival game? I guess it would be within the geographic, correct? Right, geographically it is, man. I mean, anytime I, I say, like I tell our kids, anytime we play anybody that's in. That, that metro area where we are, man, is like the, the rivalry game for us. Um, you know, just as we kind of like the little brother, man. Uh, you know, we, we've been kind of down, but we're looking to uh, shock some folks, man. And, you know, we, we just got to play the teams that line up in front of us. And it, it is what it is, man. So we, we, we treat everybody like we, we just – our eyes are focused on the next opponent. Um, so we're looking for any challenge and, and looking to, um, you know, be able to compete with anybody for whoever we play on Friday nights. 
Now, Coach, we continue to look at this uh, schedule here, September 18th at AC Floor. Again, if, is it the asterisks by your schedule that those are all your region games uh, that you see? Yes, to have those are the region games. Pretty much at the yep. beginning so of the season. So those first five, yep. Yeah, yeah. So we jump right into it, man. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it personally because you know a lot of times what you what you kind of fall into is uh, you know the, the level of play changes once you hit that region. So you, you kind of you usually a lot of teams are going into the region playing their best ball, but uh, it's going to be a little different. That dynamic is a little different this year, um, having to play everybody in your region first off. So it, it's going to be different. Um, and but you know again it's a challenge. You just got to adjust, man. And I think. That's one of my strengths as a coach, being able to adjust. And so I'm just kind of looking forward to it. Um, we we just got to play the game. Now, of course, you wrap it up there. And I want to get your thoughts because we've looked at a lot of schedules. And a lot of schedules, they've kind of got these uh, non-conference games, Coach, bounced around a little bit where they start non-region. I got to go back to high school. The non-region games, if you will. Uh, and then they mix them in throughout the season. But you guys, y'all nailed the first five. Boom, we're done with it. The last two are, are non-region games. Now, let's be honest. The, the last two games, they matter. They're on the schedule. I understand that. But health-wise, right. realistic-wise, making the playoffs, pretty smart move on whoever designed y'all's schedules when it comes down to, you know, being ready, as you see a lot of times in the NFL, even in college, once you make that cut, once you're in that next round, you can kind of play it, maybe think about it a little differently? Uh, ideally, but I can tell you this, man. Uh, being at r and and especially with um, not overlooking Crestwood because that game is important to me just because I'm from Sumter. But, you know, playing Valley in that sure. last game, man, I can tell you now, I'm going to empty the clip, man. Uh, <laughs> Got to empty the gun. Is this crosstown rival, man, and, and – and it's a big game. That that game is probably is just as big as any region game that we'll play, man. So, you know, we always gonna put our best foot forward. Um, I want to say everybody in the state is playing their region up front, and then uh, non-conference on the back end. Um, but yeah, definitely with that that final game of the season, man, um, it's gonna it's gonna be a big game, important game for us. So we're looking forward to that one as well. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Spring Valley, by the way, has new AstroTurf, so what better way to end their season than go down there and beat them on their new field, at least a new surface, if you will, there. And that's right. historical, that, like yeah. you mentioned. That's, that's the stadium that we've all kind of uh, – you know, we circled that one because that's the first time I've ever played in a dome stadium, being on the Grand Strand. We didn't have that opportunity until we got that selection to go play uh, a team like Spring Valley. Right, right. So, yeah, you know, it, and it's, uh, man, it, it's so crazy because, you know, up to, well, until next year, well, that will actually be a stadium that we share, man. And I talk about it with our kids, man. And, you know, it's a shared stadium, but when we go there, it's going to be gold and green. Um, so, so you know, even though it's shared, man, it's not really our place, man. So, so we're looking forward to that going there and, and you know, trying, trying to spoil that finale for them, man. So, we excited about that one, um, but again, we want to take care of those guys that's ahead of them. We'll worry about Spring Valley when we get to them, but it's always on the back of our mind, just with it being a crosstown rival. Live right now with the head coach over there running things at Richland Northeast, Coach William Richardson. Grew up his days as a Sumter Gamecock, and today he's a Cavalier running the program with what I got to add, Coach. Great looking helmets that you guys have over there, and uh, it's all about the swag. It's all about the gear of these young cats and. Uh, 
you guys seem to be right on cue with that. You mentioned something that, well, I didn't know anything about. Are they taking it kind of like you see in Charleston County where they're combining stadiums? Is this something, that a trend that you're well, going to start seeing in the Midlands? Well, that's always been the thing in uh, Richland, too. And as far as this one, as far as I know, um, we actually have a stadium uh, on campus getting renovated right now. So um, we're looking to open that up next year in 2021. But, um, you know, up to last year, up to that point, man, since the school opened in 78, it only been three home games played on campus. Um, so I'm excited just about to, to where our kids can come you know, our student body, the kids that don't play and can just walk on campus and come see a game, man. So I think that's going to change the dynamic of the program. I think it's going to help us tremendously. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, man. That was one of the main factors in me actually taking this job uh, when I did, man, just some of the some of the changes that are coming down the pipeline and improvements uh, uh, that are taking place. We're excited to have him on. He's joining us here for the first of many. And now with the head coach, uh, we'll get some of those big dudes that we're getting ready to talk a little bit about here as we are on a virtual tour campus over at Richland Northeast up in Columbia with the one and only Coach William Richardson joins us live here on Southern Sports Central. Coach, uh, recruiting, let's talk a little bit about that. It's a little different than it's been in the past with virtual. And, and you see a lot of Zoom things happening. Of course, we get those reports. When the, when the you coaches go on and thank the coaches for dropping by virtually, what do you like about that virtual side compared to last year this time they were dropping by the weight room? Um, you know, it, it, it's easier to reach more guys, I'd say, um, and get into contact with guys that geographically you wouldn't necessarily be able to get in contact with and they wouldn't be able to see your kids. As far as, you know, with, with between – Huddle and Twitter and the way social media is, man, it's kind of virtually impossible um, for kids not to at least get a look or at least market themselves to school. So that's kind of been the, the, the best thing that I can take. So it's kind of been what's already been taking place but on steroids just because, you know, it's the only way to do it now um, in terms of, you know, not a whole lot of on-campus camps taking place and things like that. So, you know, just a lot of behind the scenes, just forward and, forward and film out the coaches and, you know, talking with them and, and being in forums with them and kind of selling your guys to schools. All right, as we're uh, enjoying an opportunity, a sit-down, if you will, virtually with uh, the head coach up there at Richland Northeast. Coach William Richardson joins us here tonight, Thursday night. And, uh, Coach, let me ask you, you see, without you guys being able to practice, there was the Infinity Camp over there at uh, a school not too far down the road from you guys. Uh, there's another camp happening on Friday, or that's tomorrow, by the way, up there at the Carolina Exposure. When it comes to it from a coach, what's your stance on these young men going into these combines, getting a work in when, right, frankly, there's not a whole lot they're getting in without these camps? Uh, do you encourage your guys to go participate in this, or what type of direction from a head coach do you guys see these camps that are now starting to happen? Um, in terms of man, really the only negative that I could see is kind of out of, out of control right now, because um, and that's just predominantly the virus. Man, there's always that risk when you're in those large groups and and, and you know you participate in the and, and and going hard in large groups like that. But it, but I mean, if it was regular circumstances, I always promote those type of camps just because they're kind of like one hit of quitters, man. You know, there's going to be multiple schools there. Um, usually, <laughs> they're not as expensive 
um, as a lot of the on-campus camps that take place. And so there are going to be more eyes on you guys than you guys get to perform. Checking in right now with the head football coach up there in the uh, middle part of the state of South Carolina in Columbia, of course, uh, stopping the bus over at Richland Northeast with uh, the football coach, head coach, Coach William Richardson joins us here tonight as a uh, Thursday night sit-down. Coach, when you kind of look at everything across the board and you see a senior class, a smaller season that looks to be ahead, but yet they're going to take the top two. And that's what we're hearing. I would, if, it's, if I'm wrong, please clarify for me because I've heard even a coach tonight ask a, a couple of questions. And I do think that's kind of the question. There's so many. We're not 100% sure, but we kind of know. But it, what we understand, they're taking the top two out of every region. Is that correct? What is, it, what is the format to getting into the playoffs after your seven or eight games are in? Um, as far as you telling me, man, that's news to me. I couldn't tell you, man. Um, <laughs> uh, that sound it sounds about right with the reduced schedule, man. So it's going to kind of, you know, knock down the amount of teams as far as the playoff goes that can participate. Um, so you know, to my knowledge, I have heard that. So that I can, that's all I can say, man. I I, I try not to be honest, you know, man. I, I take information as it comes to me, man. But I just, you know, I like coaching ball, man. Interact with my kids, right? And I take it out, you know, you know, the end goal at the end of the day. Yes, we want to qualify, but I just want to, I want to play games and be competitive and win games, and you know, we'll just deal with what happens on on the other end. But as far as the logistics, man, it's really not. It, it's so much going on, and it seems like a lot of indecision. To be honest. Um, <laughs> So I just kind of, you know, I, I take it as it comes, man. I don't get too high or too low as the information comes to me, man. So, you know, pretty much a waiting game in, in regards to that. I couldn't tell you a concrete answer. If, if another coach is on here asking questions, I'd probably be the second coach asking questions about what, what it's going to look like um, once the regular season's over. Coach, did you have any preference here with everything going on? And, and again, I don't want to put you on any uncomfortable spot here, but, of course, you know, a county not too far away from your district, not too far away from you that had that proposal out there to play in, in, in the in the month of the winter, but they call it spring one, rather than spray, but to play now where we can have a start-stop season. You know, and then I would like you possibly to kind of touch on, do we have enough time in your mind to physically, not just mentally, but now physically with the heat indexes right. that we're going to deal with, do we have enough time to get these kids ready in a month? Um, personally, uh, I don't, you know, the heat is going to be an issue, man, but, you know, for those, for those schools like mine and those districts that haven't been working kids out as far as a WIC program, man, I think we're going to run into some issues trying to play in the fall, to be perfectly honest. Um, if I had it my way, I would definitely, um, prefer that spring, that spring one, um, season, man, that way we give, give kids our time to, you know, get their bodies in order. Um, it, it's gonna be tough, man, and it's gonna it's gonna be tough even for the good teams in our area and across the state, um, just because a lot of people hadn't been doing it, man, and, and even for kids that have been working out, man, it's a lot different when you're doing it by yourself than when you're coming to that team setting and you got coaches breathing down your neck, man. So it, it's gonna be a challenge, man. But um, you know, like I said, man, I preach to my kids about you know embracing the challenges. The work is work, man. Everybody's doing the same thing, man. You know, it, it'd be different if Arnie was the only school, man, that had to go through this. So, and, and it's not so, and it, it possibly could level out the playing field as well, man. But you know, if, if I had a choice, if it came down to William Richardson making that call, I'd definitely say we play ball in the spring. 
Well, I like that, Coach. As, uh, we're checking in right now with Coach William Richardson all the way up there in the uh, state capital, if you will, in South Carolina, Richland Northeast is on, and he, he gets a vote for the, uh, the, the spring. And, 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 Coach, that's kind of my thing, too, as I, I, I'm on board with whatever they say. It's kind of like, you know, if you vote and, and the guy you voted for doesn't get in, you got to go to bat with the guy that's in there. So that's what we do. And same mm-hmm. goes for this situation, right? They say we got to go broadcast games on Friday nights coming in September. So we'll be ready. But, you know, and again, whether it's the COVID conversation or it's the health, if it's really, really honest to God about the kids, then we do need to worry. And Eugene has brought this up, uh, who's on here with us as well, and said, you know, every year we have that concern of exhaustion and, and the dehydration, and that's with weeks right. and weeks of extra practices now. So that's that's right. kind of my understanding right now that we're opening here in the state of South Carolina. I saw yesterday movie theaters. We're opening up a lot of things, and I don't, I don't understand yeah. it. We just actually had a young man in, in Connecticut who played his ball at Rock Hill, Coach Burris up there in, uh, in, in Connecticut joined us here. And he's like, man, look, we shut down. No, literally. We need to go outside yeah. the house type of shutdown, and that's why you see their numbers yeah. where they are. Yeah, um, man, that's funny. Me and Burris are real good friends, man. We went to school together. So I actually went up and saw him this summer. And when I saw him, man, I went up in um, June, man, and it was it was like tumbleweeds, like, blowing across the streets, man. It was like <laughs> nobody out. It's complete, completely different from what's down here, man. Um, so uh, it, it's, you know, that mindset, is, it's a little different, man, as well. I won't say a little different. It's a lot different. But, um, mm. you know, maybe some folks will take it more serious now. They won't get Carolina Clemson this year. So, you know, maybe maybe our numbers might go down. <laughs> and our, it's, you know, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of crazy, man. Um, you know, um, yeah, like you said, man, theaters opening up the things. Like, we, we, I feel like we've been – I feel like South Carolina, we've been back wide open for a while, man. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is, and I can only do what I can to protect my kids and, and my family, man. So I'm gonna do my best um, to do that. But um, at the end of the day, it's about the welfare of the kids. And, and I say this, man. And I stand on this. If it comes down to where, um, you know, an issue where, you know, my kids, I got <laughs> got the virus, man. Man, it, it ain't worth it, bro. <laughs> it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, that's just real. I can put it, man. And then, and so you know, I I know the kids want to play, man. You know, at the end of the day, and you know, once this passes, kids will be able to play, and I and I'll still be coaching, man. And but you know, it's just unfortunate, man. I really hate it for those senior kids. You even have to, you know, because there's a lot of guys coming in that have opportunities, and not just at my school, but some some everywhere that have opportunities. You know, to, to looking forward to having big seasons now. Have that season cut short because you want as much film as possible, um, and they're not going to get that. But you know, we're going to make the best of it as we possibly can. And so now it's just about, you know, preparing as best you can, um, whatever the conditions are and, and just being ready when, when the season gets here, whenever, it's, whenever it comes. No doubt about it, Coach. I, I first of all want to thank you and your family for, uh, you know, making time because I know you're a busy man. You're, you're raising, you know, your football team and that, that family, and then you've got your own family and you've got extended family. And to join our family here tonight right. meant a lot to me. And, and I just hope and pray that, that – whether we play in, in the upcoming next few weeks or months or we play in January when, when this thing, who knows what, that we can get some of your guys in here. But before I get you out, I do want you to tell us who are some big dudes, who are some guys i got to put on my radar as uh, the season will kick off at one point or another. Uh, two, two, two guys in my senior class. I'll, I'll give you two guys 
uh, rising seniors and a guy in my junior class. Um, two seniors, Amir, Amir Cherry, guys want to be an athlete, he'll play some wide out in DB fours, and then um, James McCann, um, who's another athlete, he'll, he'll be able to he'll play on both sides of the ball, man. Those are two guys we're looking forward to uh, having big seasons. And then the rising junior, uh, OLDL guy, Tim Speaks. Um, so those uh, Tim was an all-region player last year. So those three guys we're looking forward uh, to having big years for us. Live right now with the head coach up there at Richland Northeast as we're wrapping it up here on a Thursday night conversation. Uh, coach, first of all, uh, we appreciate the time. We appreciate the interview. We look forward to doing it again. And uh, at any point, if there's anything you need, if you would love to come on the show at any point and just do it, do a show with us, man. We'd love to have you mic up, and let's talk football, Coach. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for uh, the invitation. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about my guys. Last but not least, man, I tell every kid out there, just like I tell my kid, man, whenever football gets here, just be a dog. Thanks again, guys. God bless you. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We'll check in. We'll check out. We'll pick up the bus, and we're going to head uh, another direction here in just a few. But thank you so much, Coach. William Richardson, all the way up there in Columbia, South Carolina, at Richland Northeast, checks in and hangs out with us here. Again, always good, always good to get these coaches in here, talk to us about what's going on. And like he said, be a dog. Where do we got that from? Oh, there's a coach. Oh, there's a former coach at the uh, coast of Carolina. You remember that guy, Eugene? He said, we got to have more dogs. Got too many cats That's up very here. <laughs> yeah, he also had a few more barks and some meows in there. <laughs> and uh, I totally got that speech. I love that speech. That's when I was living in Brooklyn. I love that speech. Yeah, that was a good time and always uh, a lot of great energy. We got to take a quick break. And at one point, coming back, I'm not sure if LeVar Kirkland is in Greenville. I'm not sure if Mr. Kirkland is in Columbia. I don't know where he's at, but I do know where he'll be at here in just a few minutes because he's going to jump online with us here on Southern Sports Central Course. Uh, you remember – Mr. Kirkland's done a lot of great things. He played for the Clemson Tigers. He's played in the NFL. He's coached in the NFL. He's currently the vice president of the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to him about the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk to him about the Clemson-South Carolina rivalry that will not be played this year. We're going to talk to him about a lot of things because he's got a lot of answers. We want to get just a little bit further down the road. So we'll do that and much more as you're listening to Southern Sports Central. Make sure you log on and listen to us here on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us over there on Facebook, Southern Sports Central. And then, again, you can hang out with us on Twitter at SO Sports Central, guys. Quick commercial break. Coming back, more Southern Sports Central. My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the Tent Farm, and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm. Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. 
Don't forget, you can find the Tent Farm located at 7634 South Railroad in North Charleston. Number to call is 843-297-4131, and you can find them on the web over there at thetentfarm.com. Eugene, of course, uh, some great interviews still waiting on the big man, LeVon Kirkland, to join us here hopefully in a few minutes. Uh, a late addition to tonight's show, and a lot of it had to do with no South Carolina Clemson game coming up this year. That's a big one. But you almost forgot about that Georgia-Georgia Tech game. That's not going to happen either. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I've actually become a little bit of a Georgia Tech fan. It's a school that my son's really interested in. I was just you know, kind of thinking to myself, maybe those engineering students just have a couple more days to study, man. You're, you know, that's the last game of the end of the year. You get ready for finals. Those guys got to study. They're changing the world over there, Georgia Tech. <laughs> they are the rumbling wreck, Georgia Tech. In their fight song, they say, down with the dogs. It's uh, quite an interesting fight song there. Of course, uh, I-, I know a guy that played there, Patrick Bradford, back in the late 90s, mid-90s. He came out of Georgetown, South Carolina. Of course, uh, they've had Travis Spivey. I know, I'm trying to think of Spivey. Uh, he played in Myrtle Beach. But anyway, they got a lot of dudes that have come around. And, and that's the great thing about our state. And, and again, we say this on every show. We got dudes from the class of 2020 to 2021. It seems like every year we continue to put out talent, whether it be in the state of South Carolina, the colleges here, or it's a college around the country somewhere, and even the coaches that are doing great things. Because you see the young man that just joined us all the way up in Connecticut, Coach Burris, uh, hung out with us for a few minutes. In a small world, when you get Coach Burris in here, and then all of a sudden the coach from Richard Northeast says, hey, that's my dude. So, again, that, that to me shows that you're doing it right when you got so many guys just randomly coming in, tweeting at us, and just putting that social stuff out there saying how much they really appreciate what he's doing. All right, so uh, we'll continue to kind of roll here through. We're waiting to see, hopefully, uh, in moments that we'll get in here with uh, LeVon Kirkman. He's going to hopefully try to catch in here with us uh, before we get off the air, Eugene. But you start to kind of look at some of these schedules. You start to put things in perspective. And, you know, we heard from Denny McDaniel tonight and, and his thoughts. But then kind of a different avenue because when, you, when we've talked to a lot of these coaches, you know, they've had those things, but very boisterous tonight was the coach from Richmond Northeast talking about, of course, that's Coach William Richardson, talking about he would rather these dudes play in the spring. And, and that's one of a few, of course, Coach Smitty up there, C. Murray, we know he wants to play in the spring and a few other coaches. But he was very open about, listen, it, it don't take but one or two of my dudes. If something comes up, we're not playing. And he's going to do everything he can to, to stand up for his guys. Yeah, no doubt. And and we definitely know that there are some coaches. Uh, well, I listened in on the hearings, as you know, for hours and hours and hours and hours, and it still haunts me to this day. Um, uh, what doctor, uh, what, uh, Coach Bennett and uh, the doctor, I can't remember his name, um, from Lexington had said there was like 48 coaches to back that plan. So whether Coach Williams was one of them, I don't know. They didn't want to say which ones it was. Um, you know, but, but they said that they would be able to provide that information, you know, if it was going to come down to a decision on that. Um, so, obviously, the other thing oh, – I, I, one other thing to add. Uh, um, they said there were a lot of coaches from around the state. So, it wasn't like just they called up their buddies next door and in their region, you know, according to what they, they said on the record. So, my, and my understanding also, too, is 
we knew some from, like you said, Williamsburg County, uh, lower state, upper state, Greenville, obviously election schools, a lot of the Columbia uh, area schools were backing it. So, you know, it's a good point. Um, Not many people have publicly said, I guess you'd say, one way or the other. You know, it's been maybe one or two here or there that said, you know, I I prefer the Lexington plan or I prefer the high school league plan. So, you know, it's always refreshing when you get a guy just to come out and say, hey, look, you know, this may not be the popular opinion, but this is just how I feel. Take it or leave it. I'm not saying anybody's wrong for making any decisions. I'm just saying, you know, as of today, this is Coach Williams. This is my my feelings and what I think we should do. And it's some very valid points for it. Again, you know, one of my biggest concerns continues to be um, conditioning, uh, heat acclimatization, you know, to start games in, on uh, September 11th and to start practicing in August when, you know, they've pretty much been shut down from June, July, because even though they didn't have helmet and shoulder pads June and July in years past, they've still been out in the heat running, doing sprints, jumping, that kind of thing. And they're going from, you know, zero to a hundred. That just, I think it's dangerous. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that's one of the things, and, and by the way, for you guys who don't know, Eugene is a Florida Gator fan and the athletic director, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Strickland explained the start date football has uh, no positive cases. Uh, and, and this of course is from the guys over there at Swamp 24-7, part of the uh, – 24-7 guys over there. Of course, Florida dealt with an outbreak of the coronavirus all the way back in June on the football team, forcing players to be quarantined and kept away from the team activities given a period of time. Now, earlier in July, athletic director Scott Strickland indicated that as many as about a dozen players have been quarantined at one time, and that would likely be tough to ever get a period where no one was quarantined Giving the stricken protocols being followed and two-week lag time it for the quarantine player to return. Now, of course, uh, as of the end of July, Florida has no current positive cases over there with the Gators. Uh, on the football team, no players quarantined for being suspected of the risk to exposure to COVID-19. And don't forget, in Arizona, a player actually was suspended for breaking a COVID rule. This is now taking it to another level. So this is a couple of quotes from that athletic director. He says, in quote, our guys have done a great job just the time they've been back here for the workouts that they have up to this point. Now, Strickland also went on, this was on a Zoom video conference call with reporters, said, we're at a stage right now where we have zero athletes who are positive on the football team. We have zero athletes who have are having to be quarantined as of right now. Now, that's wasn't the case in June. We had some positive cases, but they've done a great job doing what we've asked them to do. Not only they've up to be working out, but they're off on, of course, their own when they're on their free time. So, again, they are being responsible. They're handling the business to make sure that they can get back in here. And he goes on to say, I go back to our ability to be successful in the area is going to be based on the decision our kids make. Again, putting it back in their hands. Now, one major reason for the SEC to push back to the September 26th start date for the football season and to move to a conference-only schedule is that unlikely the University of Florida will remain at a zero positive case throughout the rest of 2020, particularly, of course, generally the student population who returns to campus 
for a fall. Now, my question is this, and I understand certain things, but I understand it's a must that football players and the athletes have got to be on campus. But is it a must that these that across the country that we can't just stay home, let these individuals since I mean again, they're they're the young adults and while I understand it's important for the high school kids and definitely the elementary kids in grade school, Eugene, but a virtual learning is not something that you and I aren't for, even in our day, this is in the nineties, that that sometimes things would happen. We'd get to class, you'd walk up and there'd be a note standing at the door and you'd go, Really? We we could have done this earlier or whatever but to me if you're really trying to salvage a football season in college shouldn't they look at virtually doing more learning that way in the college level because you're seeing it in the high school level you're right um hey and i know you were going down the florida list and some of the things i just want to add uh the sec just announced uh so we'll just drop a little breaking news here um, they did start the season. They're doing the 10-game conference-only slate beginning September 26th. They're going to push back the SEC championship, so they are going to have 11th game. It's going to be played Saturday, December 19th. So just want to add that, and I believe we've got Mr. LaVon on the line. Uh, so I'm going to let you uh, get back in there and uh, make sure that's him and get him on in here. This uh, Eugene, uh, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe Richie's phone had uh, uh, cut out a little bit there. Uh, how you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing great, man. What do you, so you know? We had talked about before you got on the air. This you know the uh, possible. Well, it looks like it's not going to happen for the first time, and and gosh knows how long the South Carolina and Clemson game. Um, you know. I, I, I kind of told him I'm I'm more upset. I, I grew up here in South Carolina, but I'm a Gator fan, and you know I was looking forward to that annual beating of Florida State. And now you guys, as Clemson fans, you know you're looking at what? What is this like seven in a row for you guys? I think it's just six, actually. Okay, all right. So they have yeah. to get a new shirt because Gamecock fans. I graduated from South Carolina, but uh. You know, they had the old T-shirts with the five fingers on it, and then Clemson has theirs. So either Clemson goes to an unusual-looking hand or they start the new hands on the T-shirts this year. But, you know, I just – they're just – Clemson's so loaded. I actually had a chance to visit the facility and the school for a three-day camp last summer. And, you know, having never been there before, I was completely blown away by facilities and just kind of – you know, every coach goes out and says, family atmosphere. Oh, we're a family. You know, we want to show the recruits a family. And I've seen kind of guys say that, but you actually get that feeling at Clemson. Now, I know you played for a different head coach, but uh, and you can talk just a little bit about that experience. But, you know, you're also up in Greenville and around campus a good bit, I imagine. Um, what, what's the difference between then and now? Well, uh, I, think, I think everybody grows. I, I think that when you think about Clemson, when the years I was there from 88 to 91, that the program probably did the very best they thought they were doing. Uh, we had a real good team. We had a really good coach, and we were extremely close. We we all lived, sleep, and eat together um, in Malden, and, you know, there was a good vibe there. When I was uh, when I was at Clemson, you know the coaches and the players, we really were getting along pretty well. 
Um, the coaches, you know, it, you know, they cared about the players. I think it was a different vibe. I, I think what you're seeing now with the Dabo Sweeney is, you know, years of, you know, just having years of written things down, like how you should develop players that now we're going to do more than just develop them as football players. And I thought Clemson did a good job of developing you as a football player, but it was kind of more so on you to get it done back in 88 to 91, as you talk about graduating and also growing up as a man. Nowadays, I think the program does, you know, they assist in that. And that's probably because, you know, just during the, during the time, you know, they understand better what you can do to develop athletes. You know, they understand now that, you know, you need to help him a little bit more on his journey. In our time, it was really on you as an athlete. They did their job as far as coaching and developing you to be a better player. But it was really kind of up to you to do a little bit more. Now, I think guys, they not that they do everything, but they cover a whole lot more than what they did back in the day as far as, you know, life skills, things of that nature. And, you know, students and parents are a lot smarter now. They And they demand more and they want more. So you have to be able to deliver that. And I think that's the thing you would probably say would be a little bit of difference between um, the Danny Ford era and the Dabo Sweeney era. But it was probably, you know, probably Frank Howard to Danny Ford is a lot different. You develop more. So I, I think, you know, now that you have, you know, you have technology and all that and all that, you you can really do a better job of developing your players, not only as athletes, but also as students and ultimately young men. Well, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the uh, South Carolina Hall of Fame. I know that you, uh, you know, we've learned that you're the vice president. Uh, typically, what, what does this Hall of Fame do? Uh, where is it located? And uh, what's your role with, the, you know, obviously other than the title, what is it that you do with the uh, Hall of Fame? Well, we're we're in Greenville, South Carolina, and the issue that we have in South Carolina is that we're ranked like 43rd as far as college and career readiness for our students. And so what we have is what we call a bridge builder program, and that program educates, empowers, and encourages students toward their success, whether it be college, career, or any kind of life in, endeavors. So that's what we do. My my role is that we try to get uh, people to support us. It's a nonprofit. We try to get people to see into the vision. Um, and we try to tell the story of the athletes that are coming out and how our Bridge Builder program, along with the South Carolina football, is going to help them be successful, whether they go to college or they go into the workforce we're going to make sure that they have a they have a support system that's going to help them throughout. So again, my job is to make sure that we get that support, and also we do a podcast called the Inside Blitz with LeVon Kirkland, and we feature these students along with some of the Hall of Famers that we have. 
and we try to make the connection between the past and the future. So we try to get their stories out, tell everybody how important it is to support um, the Bridge Builder and the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. So it's a good bit of work, <laughs> I tell you. It's a good bit of work, but I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm an advocate of student athletes, always been, and I want to. I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to do our part to make sure that we help student athletes from the middle middle school all the way through high school. Mr. Kirkland, Richie Altman, first of all, I want to thank you so much for giving us some time here tonight. And I love the fact that you gave everybody an opportunity because what you guys are doing over there on the inside bullets, I think is amazing. I listen to you guys, of course, you know, even with the Bridge Builder of Excellence, where you've got so many amazing young men, the finalists there, and I'm looking at it now, the educate, to empower, to encourage the 2020 class there is huge. And for what you're doing is right on task for what when I – created Southern Sports Central back in 2011, it, we're all doing the same thing. We're, we're at least we're doing it in, in the same direction. So for us to have you on for, the, I think, the third time uh, in, in my tenure here on Southern Sports Central means a lot that you gave me some time tonight. So thank you for that. Um, football, though, it, it, no it's problem. a little different. It, it's still the same game. We're going to still play it between the, lane, you know, between the lines. I get that. But, but how big is it for our state to not play the game? And you mentioned this on Facebook, which is kind of what got me to get you in here. But but economically, reality, I mean, there's so many things that, that this is going to affect in, in certain ways. But what's your thought of there not being a Gamecock and uh, a Clemson football game this year? Well, I, I think it's unfortunate because I I feel like that is one of the biggest rivals um, in the country. I think it's going to have an effect on the state of South Carolina um, economically. And but that's more of the pandemic. I I think also, um, you know, people in in South Carolina who root for either team really care about this rival. The players care about it, the player, the coaches, uh, the alumni. Everybody really cares about this game, and they take a lot of pride in it. And it's going to be different. It really is. It's not going to be to me the same when you think about a Clemson and a South Carolina season, because you know you're going to, you have that game at the, at the very last of the season to look forward to. And, you know, it's bragging rights. So it's going to be different, you know. And um, the SEC, they, they did whatever they thought they were going to do. Do we wish it was a little different? Yeah, we probably do. I know I do because, I mean, I, I just I enjoy that. I enjoy that series. Um you know, you just have to move on like you do with everything else. And I'm sure both programs will move on. Hopefully we can get this pandemic under control and it can be safe for us to do what we always did. Uh, it's just unfortunate, I think. I really do. I, I think that um, it's, it's definitely going to be a different season in South Carolina, but uh, apparently we're going to just have to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. As we're live right now with uh, one of the big men, of course, that did big things uh, at Clemson. He played in the NFL. He coached in the NFL. He is the vice president of the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, with the inside blitz, Mr. LeVon Kirkland joins us here uh, for the final segment of Southern Sports Central on a Thursday night. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you this because uh, the, the final question here tonight, 
a lot of camps are happening right now, and I just had a coach up there from Richmond Northeast join us, and I got it from his point of view. But, but you see things uh, very similar because you are a coach, you're a former, you're, you're a player, you're you're all of that in one there. Of course, a Hall of Famer on, on many levels in many different areas there, coach. But when you look at it, you've got the guys doing certain camps, like we had one in Columbia with the Infinity guys. You've got the Carolina Exposure one happening in Charlotte tomorrow. There's a lot of guys going up there to that. Can you blame these young men for taking this opportunity? And your thoughts with everything else uh, being on the line that these kids are like, look, we got to take care of us. We got to jump out and get some numbers because if we plan on playing college football, we got to have something to get some attraction to us. Yeah, I can imagine me being a high school player and probably feeling the same way that you just want to get out there and play. And, you know, you're young your young self is like, man, <laughs> I need to do what I need to do. I, I remember being, like I said, a college, a high school player, and I remember telling my parents, you know, you don't have to pay for my college because I'm going to get a scholarship. And the only way you can do that is to prove it on the field and to earn that. So I can see why a young man might think that, but it's such a different time. and You, you just want people to be safe. But I, I I can understand the urgency of young people. But me being an adult and having a little bit more perspective, want to see the bigger picture. And, you know, they're thinking about their career. And I totally get that, and I understand that. But, you know, we as adults, we, we, we try to look at the bigger picture. And, you know, hopefully we can we can make make sure – and take the necessary steps to make sure they're safe and that they're okay. So, you know, it's a tough question, you know. It's a tough question to say what do you do and, you know, how you should feel because I'm not, you know, I've been in their situation, but I'm not in their situation now. So I I can't very well tell some guy you shouldn't do this when a scholarship is on the line, (laughs) you know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Live right now with uh, a legendary Hall of Famer. Played his days at Clemson. He's played in the NFL. He's currently the vice president with the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. Mr. LeVon Kirkland joins us here tonight. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have you back on with a little more time because there's so much knowledge that I think you could drop, that you could educate not only myself and Eugene, but our listeners, the youth. These kids, man, I tell you what, they need guys like you. They need a, a voice in their ears saying, look, this is just, an early lesson in life because, as you know, Mr. Kirkland, there's so many times that, that we're dealt cards like this, but these guys are just getting it a lot earlier than they would as they would in an adult, right? Yeah, but you know that that is definitely true. I, I think that we have been cruising through this life for so long that this is fortunately this is a this got to be a wake up call, and maybe we can turn this around and make this a better world. And that's what I'm, I mean, I'm here to make this a better world and to help student athletes along the journey. And I, I I just really pray that God helps all of us fulfill our potential and our, uh, our destiny that we really conquer it. So, these, I mean, these young men and, you know, people, these student athletes there, it's a different, this is different. But if we can get, we get through all this and we will get through all this, 
that we are a better society, a better state, a better country. So we can only focus in on what we can do at this point in time, what we can control. And that's it. It's really, I mean, the pandemic is making you break it down to just living day by day and trying to make sure you're doing the right thing. So, you know, I would encourage all of those student athletes and everybody's out there that we're getting better as human beings and that, you know, we're connected, believe it or not. I know this country has been going through a whole lot at this point in time, but all in all, man, we got, you know, we all got, we all got brains. We all got hearts. Man, we're we're connected. We really are, and we we have to get we don't have to get through this. We can't go around it anymore. We have to get through this, and you know, hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we get through it. Yeah, we definitely will. I agree with you, Coach. Uh, I appreciate your time tonight. I do want to talk to you, and I'll get up with you off the air. But I'd love to get a minute or two with you during the week. Maybe give you your own segment. We'll figure that out. But I'd love to have you, and of course the uh, the South Carolina Hop, uh, the Football Hall of Fame as well as you guys over at the Inside Blitz to be a part of what we're doing at Southern Sports Central. I love it. I'm a big supporter, and I'm a big fan. Uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And anytime you need us, let us know, and especially if you need me for anything, please don't hesitate. You got it, Coach. Enjoy the night. God bless you. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon, Coach. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, there you go. What a way to wrap up a Thursday night. Man, oh, man, a legendary Hall of Famer, the one and only LeVon Kirkland Eugene, a knight. Once again, I figure figure it's another feather in the cap. Jay Williams, the commissioner from the South Carolina Youth Football Association, Denny McDaniel, the high school head coach for Stratford, Stephen Burr, he is an offensive coordinator, quarterback coach over there in Norwich, Free Academy, that's in Connecticut. Of course, we had on the head coach over there at uh, Ritza Northeast. And as well, Mr. LeVon Kirkland joins us. So, uh, again, what a great night. And uh, tomorrow we're hitting the road early. And uh, another long, exciting day, though. When you say early, you really mean early. (laughs) uh, Yeah, some (laughs) of us who are driving to meet you uh, have to leave a lot earlier. So, Actually, yeah, I'm about to hit the bed here in a few minutes to figure out, probably just going to lay out whatever I'm going to wear, uh, charge up the phone, be ready for that road trip and that exciting day tomorrow, getting to see some uh, kids do what they do and hopefully, you know, earn the opportunity and earn the right to play at the next level, man. I'm, I've got some kids that's hit us up, as you've seen, that some that we know, some that we don't know, some that we're excited to see and some that we've heard about, you know, I'm uh it's going to be a fun day, man. It should be a good good ride with you guys up and back. And, uh, you know, uh, we're sure to get there. Hopefully, you know, God willing, we'll get there and home safely. And uh, it'll be a great Friday, great experience. Man, you did a great job tonight. Thanks for the recovery throughout tonight's show. Thanks for covering us over there on Southern Sports Central on the Twitter handle, at SO Sports Central. All of the quotes from tonight, Eugene did a phenomenal job putting them up and uh, tagging them down. So, of course, you can find us on Facebook at Southern Sports Central, and on Instagram, which should be a busy place tomorrow. We also look to do possibly some some live stuff on Facebook. So tomorrow is going to be quite a busy, exciting, hot, adventurous, but yet entertaining day. We'll be coming to you live from uh, the Charlotte, North Carolina area from, uh, well, a very exciting day. And, of course, uh, the Carolina exposure, guys. We'll go live 
tomorrow morning. Our goal is 1030. At 1030, we're looking to go live, so stay tuned for that and much more. On behalf of all of us at Southern Sports Central, have a great night. We'll see you live tomorrow morning, bright and early, Charlotte, North Carolina. Here we come. This has been Southern Sports Central coming to you live right here at the Factory Sports and Fitness Training Studios right on Blog Talk Radio, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. But these tonights, they're going by fast. You focus on tonight. This is about you guys. This is about the guys in this room that care about each other, that know there's only so many more of these nights left. It's about you. They're a faceless opponent. They just happen to draw the short straw tonight. Now get your asses ready to play. Win on three. One, two, three. I feel that you smell that fresh cut grass. I'm back in my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads. Standing in the huddle, listening to the call. Fans going crazy for the boys of fall. They didn't let just anybody in that club. Took every ounce of heart and sweat and blood. To get the widow's game day jerseys down the hall. The kings of the school, man. Where the boys are fall Well, let's turn and face the stars and stripes it. Fighting back them butterflies it. Call it in the air, all right Yes, sir, we want the ball And it's knocking heads and talking trash it. Slinging mud and dirt and grass it. I got your number, I got your back When your back's against the wall you mess with one man, you got a song.